Wardcast episode 245, go! I'm Dylan Vento, and today I'm joined by Alex Damrath. Hello! And Nelson W. Johnson. Hey, what's up, dude? Guys, we have an action-packed episode today we have so much to talk about but first let's talk about the most important thing i'm going to send you guys a little linky a little link over here um for something for us to uh all watch together i hope you guys are excited for this oh, oh boy let me oh, boy. play through the ad first because now every youtube video has to have a pre-roll well not with youtube premium <laughs> for only 9.99 yeah. a month I was going to say, I have YouTube Premium. The only reason I want that is uh, I want to be able to play videos with my phone screen locked. I do it all the time. Yeah. Listen nice. sometime. Nice video essay to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Let me know when you guys are ready to click I'm play. Ready. I'm, I'm ready. Extre- I'm very ready. Not, not that I haven't watched this a couple times before already. I haven't seen it at all yet. Oh, it's going to be great. You're, you're in for right. a treat. All right. Uh uh at the count so on three when you say three when i say three okay good okay we'll we'll play it all right one two three some kind of rip in the sky <laughs> Do you have any idea what those markers are? They look pretty ancient. The ADR on that line is really bad. I was, you could tell he's a re-record. 100%. Disappear. So far, totally accurate to the Monster Hunter oh franchise. My God. Sure. You know what? If if Geralt can be in Monster Hunter, then I'm okay with this. That's fair. Guys. Oh my god. So what? Are we like Guardians of the Galaxy now? Oh my god. <laughs> yes. Ew. God yes. <laughs> this is like some kind of suicide squad. <laughs> well, what are we, the Resident Evil? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Where are we? Alone in the dark? <laughs> I guess this makes you Terry Bogard, King of Fighters. (laughs) This is it, Tony. We've reached the Avengers in game. I want this movie to be more than just bad. Well, I have bad news for you, my friend. It either needs to be terrible or mediocre. Oh, it's going to be mediocre. For sure. Wait, mm-hmm. were those... Were those Kratos' Blades of Chaos? Yeah, yeah, it's the Blades of Chaos. Kratos is going to make a cameo. Mila Jovovich is Monster Hunter. No one else, just her. Did she survive that? <laughs> Like 
PlayStation 5, play has no limits. Bad. This looks bad. All right. So as a resident monster hunter expert, Alex Damrath. Yeah. Hi, I'm resident monster hunter expert, Alex Damrath. Uh, I'm, I hate this. <laughs> I hate this movie. I hate. You haven't seen it yet. It might be I, great. It, it's going to be laughably bad in probably some very good ways, but also some ways that I'm, I'm definitely going to feel like physical pain the whole time. Because you're laughing uh, and enjoying yourself so much. Because it's oh, so true sure. to the Monster for Hunter sure. mythos. I, God damn it. Um, for starters, Monster Hunter specifically like establishes just throughout its gameplay that magic is not a thing. There is no magic in this universe. Monster Hunter Was there magic is 100% in that trailer? science-based. I mean, the, the uh, ancient inscripted pylons that teleport you to another world? Probably. Could be ancient tech. You don't know. It could hey, be ancient tech. Monster Hunter technology is like, I don't know, the, the, the coolest thing they've established is like uh, weapons that have little files in them that store energy when you hit things. Like that's that's about as interesting as it gets. Um, I don't think they have like trans-dimensional warp capabilities. <laughs> I'm Googling it, so don't yeah. don't you worry. I'll find all right, out. All right, all right. Thank you, Nelson, for being my mm-hmm. research backup on this. Uh <laughs> Um, We've compiled a a 400-page thesis on why the Monster Hunter movie is inaccurate to the lore of the games. It's nothing I can say that hasn't already been said by by (laughs) hundreds of other people. Um, Well, the thing is, Capcom doesn't care. (laughs) Right. Like, Capcom didn't employ uh, the Resident Evil director and... Uh, Paul Anderson, yeah. Paul W.S. Anderson to make a faithful... (laughs) depiction of monster hunter movie just like, as he's never made a faithful depiction of the resident evil games like they yeah. they don't care they're just like, like ah yeah sure it's you have fun the like, closest <laughs> he, the closest he's come is is his is the mortal Kombat movie uh even then that's that a was him wow stinking giant pile of trash yeah i think that might have been his no i wouldn't say it's his directorial debut but uh definitely on the on the video game movie front it is he was that was the first one and the first good one depending on who you're asking definitely i have also seen lots of people saying like it's gonna be as fun as the resident evil movies and in that sense it will be good and i'm like fair enough you're allowed i mean to, to enjoy it on that front but like and and everyone talks about the laser grid scene or whatever like it's not I mean, that good sure. from the first Mortal combat movie but like i mean the first resident evil movie but i mean what the hell else is there in those movies like mila jovovich is an insert character that's like mm-hmm. not actually from the games and i think they that like changes way too much over the course of right the eight ten movies that they have now she becomes like a wesker type but is like also a clone yeah it's and also maybe she's the original and then has superpowers created by jor mormont who is a scientist mm-hmm. in those movies or at least the first right. couple Right. I don't. God, I, I haven't so seen them bad. all. I will eventually. I've been seeing that clip go around of the CG one where that I don't think is a Paul Anderson joint where Leon goes like John Wick on a bunch of zombies for no reason. Um, oh, my favorite is when he has a shootout with I think it's Chris Redfield yeah, and they're like they just doing like, like gun kata around each other. <laughs> it's good times. It's things it's I'm dumb. looking forward to in this movie. A, a select few things that I'm just going to point out. Uh, one they've talked about the meow skiller chef playing a key role 
There um, will be at least one Palagaho. That's correct. It's perfect. Good. I'm I'm in it for that. I want to see it. Giving the give you the the buff cat cooking a good meal on the big screen. Um. Uh, they have it. They, it's listed in the the casting call, the, the cast listing that Ron Perlman is playing a character called the Admiral. And the Admiral, if you've played Monster Hunter World, is the coolest character. So I'm glad that they've got literally the coolest actor playing him. Like that, that that's a match made in heaven. I've, I'm excited to see that. Uh, the one last thing is uh, in this trailer, they show a teaser for Gormagala. Gorma who? Gore. Magala, mm-hmm. one of the coolest monsters in the series. Perfectly honest, Rathalos, hundred percent understand. Uh, mascot of the series, fine. You got to have him in the movie. Uh, I fucking hate Diablos though. It's like one of my least favorite designs and least well, so favorite fights in the game. Apparently, Tony, Tony <laughs> Jaw is gonna fucking murder that. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to said. see a Diablos get murdered. I I hope. Um, but you say Di- Diablos, and I just immediately in my head say Diaboromon because that's how broken my brain is now <laughs> due to all the Digimon movies I've been seeing. So that's where we are. Just just video game movies fucking up our lives every day, um, mm-hmm. or making but, them better. Nah, never that. <laughs> I mean, it's really like unless I, unless <laughs> I'm. I'm just glad there's finally Monster Hunter content out there that makes Alex realize how bad Monster Hunter is. I... <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Freedom Unite it's already all been existed, leading okay? to this. Frontier already existed, okay? Wow. I'm aware. That's a bad series. Created by bad people. No, I... Wow. For other bad people. I don't know. It sounds like it's making Capcom the most money it's ever been made. So that's not. Uh, a, so was the Resident Evil movies. We we already went through this. I I'm saying the entire Monster Hunter franchise. But speaking of bad video game movies, mm-hmm. uh huh. How about this Uncharted flick? Do you think it's bad? Do you think no, does it give it you bad? Fine. It's probably going to be. Fine. I mean, Is I haven't still, even seen anything other David than Russell? some some pictures of Tom Holland. That's the that's only all there thing. is. And there's a picture of a book, like an open book of with an illustration of Sir Francis Drake, because he is a uh, okay uh, ancestor of Nathan Drake. Though, if you've played Uncharted Four, spoilers for Uncharted Four, it's he's not actually an ancestor of Nathan Drake. I'm gonna say that about Uncharted, uh, kind kind of, I think is bullshit in terms um, of the game lore. I get it. I get yeah, it. I, I mean, don't. I didn't need that as a twist. It's a video it's video games Indiana Jones and I don't think it's as good as Indiana Jones uh being someone that's only ever watched trailer or watched uh cinematic mm-hmm. wrap up films of the uncharted games and has only played a little bit of four um people are people are bitching about Tom Holland being Nathan Drake though and I am fine with it I'm looking at this picture and I'm like hey that looks like that looks like Nathan Drake. Everyone's like, oh, Nathan Fillion should be Nathan Drake. Like, Nathan Fillion is A, too old. I was mm. going to say. <laughs> B, yeah. too untraditionally attractive. Like, no <laughs> offense to Nathan Fillion, but, like, he's not, like, your top billing dude. Like, he's, he's not like a going Christian, to be. He's like a Christian Shaw or Andy Serkis type where the talent is what makes them very attractive. Right. And, he is. And, and, like. Not 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 the face. The face is fine and great. And, and face given the great. talent, I would smooch that face all over. But <laughs> if it weren't for that talent, I would like 
not not another look. <laughs> like he is, he is the a opinions wrong. Opinions of the previous two uh, <laughs> stated do not represent the opinions of Nelson Whitaker Johnson. <laughs> In terms of rating of like rugged, like adventurous type, white men adventurous type, like it's it's Harrison Ford, and then rung down it's it's Brendan Fraser, and then a rung down further it's it's Nathan Fillion. Like I think okay. I think I could see where, that being the sliding scale of yeah. of white cishet male. Um, let me just say cis. I'm not gonna assume because um, I mean like Nathan. If you're out there, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> um, but I could see that being the sliding scale of of Indiana Jones esque archetypes. Yeah. Like, I would love to see Nathan Fillion, like, take on his own role. Like, I don't think he's a good insert for Nathan Drake. I do think Tom Holland gets me, gets us closer to that. I do think, like, there is a a problem where, like, they're obviously casting this movie as, like, oh, this is young Nathan Drake. This is Nathan Drake at the beginning of his adventures, his adventurous career. But the problem is, what if when uh, uh, Tom Holland is 35 and he still has baby face, what do you do then? and i don't have an answer for that but like i don't know you look at this picture it's like he looks rugged and i think he can, i think he's I, I don't know it seems like he's I trying to work to not be typecast as peter parker types which right i could appreciate i could see that i, ha- I, I haven't totally seen see the devil all the time yet but i mean i'm sure that could give some insight yeah i hear to, here no. he's great i mean he's still yeah. obviously like a baby face i feel like him i feel like he's at the beginning of where like I feel like Robert Pattinson is at the apex of his career and Tom Holland is taking a similar trajectory. Like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Tom Holland has to do his, uh, uh, whatever Robert Pattinson's character was, was, uh, well, whatever Robert Pattinson's character was in Harry Potter, Cedric Diggory. Like, like we are, uh, Tom Holland is in his Cedric Diggory slash twilight Edward phase where he has to like he has to do these baby face kind of like very highly successful careers or uh, movies before he can kind of like catapult into like more movies that will allows him to be like creatively uh, expressive and take on different roles like and i think like nathan drake him playing young nathan drake is a step further in that direction i did see someone say unironically what if this movie starts with a young nathan drake played by tom holland and then projects us forward and it's uh you know middle-aged or you know mid-career nathan drake played by brendan fraser and i'm like (laughs) no offense but i don't think you're ever going to get back to brendan fraser in the mummy shape again well it's just like that's just not the face doesn't work like that anymore like (laughs) yeah like at at a point like your your (laughs) your body just changes yeah let me tell you about skin elasticity and, yeah. and the effects like, I don't of think, age. I don't think Harrison Ford should be doing more Indiana Jones, mostly for his health. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I don't... I mean, he did land that plane, though. No, so. he did. That's he, all he, here, doesn't, he doesn't. He doesn't remember a second of landing that plane, but he did land that plane. <laughs> In fairness, I'm sure you, like, black out out of fear and then just let your, your training take over. I thought he got a concussion from it. Oh, did oh? I think he, did. I th- I think he landed he the plane, hit his I don't head. Know anything about Harrison Ford? Neither does he. Apparently, um, 
the uh yeah. yeah i don't know i i i mean the monster hunter movie whatever that's going to be a train wreck and i'm going to force out <laughs> to watch it and it's gonna be great but and this uncharted movie <laughs> this uncharted movie has potential mm-hmm. uh we'll see i'm more it's got curious more potential. i'm more curious what the fuck marky mark's gonna look like as sully because I think the fact that he is Mark Wahlberg is so desperate to play any role in this film, because like way back when it was in like total development hell, he was going to be Nathan Drake, which I could kind of see. I could kind of see Mark mm. Wahlberg as Nathan Drake more so in Nathan Fillion. Like mm. again, like everyone loves that fan film with Nathan Fillion as Nathan Drake, like whatever. But like they, he aged out of that role, right? Like s- same way how like Bill Hader and Seth Rogen aged out of their roles as the protagonist is super bad like because they waited too long like marky mark waited too long and he's like well fuck put me in a sully and i'm like you're not old enough to play <laughs> the sullivan character like you're not like stately like that needs to be played by like a, I don't know like just a very like a, a silver fox type not something. not an aging white rapper like right like like if if <laughs> If Burt Reynolds was still around, like that could be like a role filled by Burt Reynolds or something mm-hmm. like that. Or who's the guy that played the man that killed Hitler and also the Bigfoot, uh, that actor? Sam Neill. Sam Neill. Sam Neill could, I think, hold that role with a plum. Um, mm-hmm. I have to see. I have to see. If they don't do anything to Mark Wahlberg, if it's just Walt- Mark Wahlberg in a fucking Hawaiian suit, then I'm, I'm out. But if Wait, hold on. Act- hold on. A Hawaiian shirt is fine but a hawaiian suit oh is that what i said yes you did say that and i'm back on board i I was like starting to picture this now like like jacket vest tie shirt and pants all made out of that hawaiian t-shirt fabric i love it it's all made out of hemp i love Um, it sounds very comfortable no he needs to have he needs to have tom Selleck. he at least needs to have the tom Selleck. they can or cannot gray his hair that's that's a that's not a deal breaker if, if they don't give him the Holland's mustache. Younger Nathan Drake, I could see them like salt and peppering his hair, right? And Chopping probably, on a cigar, yeah. Uh, which I think they leaned way too much into in that fan film. Like literally, the actor they yeah. have playing Sully, every time he talks, he has a cigar in his mouth. He's like, "Yeah, Nate, it's it was a lot." They gave the fans what they wanted, but too much. Yeah, I don't know. It could be cool. I don't know what story you tell because Uncharted Four is also like. Well, I think three and four both have prequel stuff in them because like Uncharted three has the scene where Nathan Drake meets Sully in like Havana or somewhere in South America, I think. And then Uncharted four has like his whole like origin story and right. like him and his brother. So I don't know where you put this film without like co-opting some of that. Like, does he already know Sully? and he's like doing it a first adventure also how do you how do you give this how do you give this movie the importance of an uncharted like a fully fledged uncharted game without like robbing uncharted one of the uh uh surprise of discovering el dorado because like the whole like if you haven't played uncharted game the whole Mm -hmm. thing is like it's literally in and jones he finds a treasure and the treasure has mystical uh abilities like they find El Dorado and the whole gimmick is that El Dorado is not a city. It is a statue made of gold and it, anyone that looks upon it like becomes possessed and becomes like this, these like crypt, these deadly ghouls, like 
z- zombified creatures um and he has to find a way to like destroy it but then there's all these like you know mercenaries that want to like take it and weaponize it or do all this stuff and sell it on the black market and then like uh and uncharted 2 he finds shibala and like it like in the fountain of youth in like uh nepal or somewhere um and then three and four become more realistic like it's like less mystified uh artifacts um I remember watching something on like the the moment in Uncharted One where they flip from, I don't know, just like a normal adventure game to suddenly a horror game, where you're on like the capsized boat and it's really quiet and a monster comes chasing after you. Which can also be the part where that game loses you, if you're me. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it could also be part where they got inspired to make The Last of Us. Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, like I don't know how you do a a a a story that takes place before that that still has the impact of Uncharted One without robbing Uncharted One of like its surprise. Cause I mean, for I believe Nathan Drake's like at the beginning of that that game, like, oh my gosh, this is the first time I've ever seen something like literally magical. And I don't if they do if they try replicating that in the prequel story. I could see them I could see them just like doing a, a completely different let's find a different type of treasure right like i could see that being yeah where it's like let's find certain uh was it certain nathan what what is his ancestor's name sir francis drake yeah let's find sir francis drake's pirate ship and all the gold laden on it i don't know right there's potential but like any video game movie it's not gonna be good so that's enough about video game movies (laughs) (laughs) uh but not enough tom holland Mm -hmm. that's true True. According to uh, Marvel Spider Man, yeah, they they changed his face. Tom they Holland face? is now the face of of Spider Man. Uh, before we it. get into uh, redi- weird redesign Spider Man, I just want to say, uh, concerning video game movies and a track mode, I just want to make perfectly clear: I don't care if these movies are coming to theaters. Uh, I will not be forcing myself nor anyone else on a track mode to be going to a movie theater anytime in the near future to go see a film uh no matter how abominable it it appears because we are still in the middle of pandemic folks and i'm not going to put anyone's life at risk to go make an episode of a video game movie watch podcast unless we can do it safely which means not in a movie theater if everyone has access to like a drive-through but even then these movies should just come to streaming like and you could tell that the Monster Hunter people are kind of like, all right, it's coming out December 30th because <laughs> we're probably going to delay the release again. Yeah, probably. Um, Which is good. And, yeah. And I mean, the, hope, there's hope it never there's, comes out. There's, oh, there's actually <laughs> a lot of films, a lot of video game movie films coming out in the near future. Like, so you have Monster Hunter, you have Uncharted. There's a Mortal Kombat movie reboot that's say, slated for release in January. And then there is a... Uh, Oh, I think there was something else, but I can't remember. Maybe it's just those three. Um, oh, oh, a second Tomb Raider reboot film, uh, right? A sequel to the the one they rebooted after the the rebooted games, the current Lara Croft games. Um, but yeah, who knows? We'll see. Yes, Spider Man. He has been remade. He has been redesigned from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And again, people are getting overly pissed about this. And mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. I didn't like the way Peter Parker looked originally i agree i think he looked kind of like a dipshit no offense to the actor that they got the facial capture from but i was like hmm like okay like i you know what there's there's something 
okay that he's not like this strikingly handsome man, but like also like I don't know, give me give me a better looking Peter Parker, and they did that. I so 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 here's what I think. I think that the original is. I think video games have this problem whenever they try to do realistic character models that they either don't make it stylized enough or they don't. Obviously, like you can only make it but so realistic. I think with the original, they made it just a bit too cartoony. But you in think this, so? A, a little bit because like and 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 I don't mean that in an in a completely negative way. I think that the expressions on the original face are probably going to be easier to read because he has like Disney eyes more so than the new one. He's got Disney eyes. He's got Disney eyes. But the <laughs> new one. I have Disney eyes. I have. <laughs> look, look with my Disney eyes. Um, <laughs> my Spider-Man. <laughs> um, but I think that the new one is trying to look a little bit too much like a real person. Either way, I'm really happy they fixed his hair. Oh, his hair was the worst part. His it was hair like was this, the worst part. He looked like he had hair plugs. I just put his a picture. Hair was of him the worst in, part in the, in the chat? Um, it it was it was fanned up. It was like a bouffant. It was brought up in a weird way. Uh, I mean, like looking at the still, it doesn't look that bad. He look, you know, he looks like he looks like uh, um, ah, uh, fuck. Who played uh, uh Harry Osborn? Who played the younger Osborne in the Sam Raimi films? Harry Osborne. Um, uh, yeah. What's his name? Um, the one of the Francos. Yes, it, James, uh, Franco. James. James Franco. James Franco. Mm-hmm. He does. Uh, he does. He looks a lot like James Franco, which James oh, Franco has a very yes. Uh, he has a very um, uh, lined face, like even as a younger uh, guy, mm-hmm. and also people bitching about the age. Like, oh, because he's supposed to be like a more he's like mid-career Spider-Man in this game because like he he's already established like his rogues gallery and everything. And it's like people age differently. Like, look, look at look at Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd looks like he's still like 30 and he is 50 years old. That man is immortal. Like, you can't be like, well, he doesn't look old enough. It's like, no, you just want to be reassured that like people age and deteriorate the same rate as you do. You old, sad comic book fan like fucking. Like, <laughs> hey, don't talk go. about me like that. Ah, well, you know, how was 30? Um <laughs> the no i'm seriously asking because it's coming it's coming real soon i need to know um it's yeah i mean i I feel like that's a i don't know i think we're getting more and more angry at these lazy like arguments people lob on the internet because it's just like sure like there's an argument to be made that like he looks maybe a touch too young but also like so what (laughs) tom holland's gonna look like tom holland for the next 80 years so like just just fucking let it let it be I right. think it looks fine. I didn't like I the old fine. Peter Parker. I think the new Peter Parker looks better. Let it go. Just let it go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll play that for that reason alone, I guess. Also, <laughs> Miles Morales. Nelson, do you like Miles's new do in the... Like, you think he's edged better? Oh, hold on. Let me double check it. Because I think... Yes... I think, I think uh, people are saying he went Haircut to a better barber. Fix. <laughs> See what I want, and and this is why I'm double checking. What I want is I want. Oh yeah, no, his haircut's way better. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, his haircut's way better than in the first game. 
Um, in then in the first game or then in earlier versions of Spider-Man Miles Morales? No, in the in the first game. Yes, it is. It is a lot better. <laughs> yeah, they, they it, it's 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 he has an actual fade. I mean, I mean you though need it may that. be. You, you need, need that to to put on put on the mask, right? I do appreciate the afro and uh, like the bigger afro in the Spider Verse one because every time you would just take off the mask, it's like this doesn't <laughs> it doesn't work like that. <laughs> he wears a hairnet under the right, right. <laughs> it's sense. got a built-in one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> whatever, man. I'm gonna play this game regardless. Yeah, I'm gonna play shit <laughs> out change, of it. Change what, what, all the faces all you want. I'm gonna play the game. What do you think of uh, uh, the Tinkerer's design? Have you seen pictures of that? Interesting. It looks very uh, Watch Dogs 2-y. It's like Watch Dogs yeah. 2 in, in Destiny had a baby. Yeah. Which I'm okay with. I think it's cool. I think that's a cool, that's a that's a nice deep cut of a villain to pick. With a interesting, um, like the manifestation of it in the game is just very cool. Because it's just, oh, gadgets, they show up. It's just, it's smart. Which, like, Peter Parker had a bunch of gadgets, too, right? Yeah. Like, didn't you oh, have, yeah. like, a, a drone and shit? Look at this background yeah. goon. Definitely, that looks like the the guy from Watch Dogs 2. <laughs> um, wrench. Yeah. But what's cool is two things. Um, you can see the eyes of the background goon. Like, it's kind of dope that it gets that detailed. Uh, I actually lied. Three things. The second one is her costume is dope because it's a mixture of things she definitely created or they created with their powers. Um, and then just a hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> Which great. Um, and then also in the preview that they put out, I have maybe watched it a few too many times, but just the mixture of materials is a great way to show off ray tracing on a P- on a PS5. Because, because of all the, really all the glowing stuff and the, mm-hmm. and the particle effects. Yeah, and, and it's snowing, so like it hits different parts of the outfit differently. Mm-hmm. It's just really cool to, to see that. Atmospheric perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm excited for that game. Um, all right, let's move, let's move on. on. Let's move on. Guys, it's spooky season. <gasps> Woo! It's spooky. It's spooky season. <gasps> That's right. I'm not one for being spooked because I'm a huge coward. I n- I never watch horror movies. Um, I never watch. I never play horror games. But I, Alex and I were watching some horror games being played. Some of them by Alex. Some of them by uh, Alex's cousin. Uh, Alex, we watched uh, some amnesia get played. We did. Did Mike go through uh, uh, the second one? Did he play Machine for Pigs or did he just play Dark Descent in his um, lead up to Rebirth? Leading up to it, I think he just played Dark Descent. He didn't finish Dark Descent. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I mean, he has before. I got, I got too scared, so I, yeah. I checked out at some point. <laughs> Understand. He's played all the Amnesia games. He loves the frictional titles. Uh, he wanted to replay Dark Descent in preparation for Rebirth, which launched on the 20th last Tuesday. Um, right. at the time of this recording, uh, and yeah, uh, and and I don't think he finished Dark Descent, if anything, because uh, I mean, he was saying like it kind of feels archaic. <laughs> there's there's parts of it that just don't work as well as they did back then. Um, 
And uh, while he was playing it, I was watching and I had said, uh, or, or like he brought up, um, he asked me if I had played Soma. And I said, no. And he said, I would love to watch you play Soma. So I said, all right, let's do it. And you're like, um, shit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I even, I think, said when I was first starting it up the first night, I was like, can I do safe mode? And he's like, no. Oh. <laughs> you gotta go the regular mode where the monsters can hurt you. And uh, it ended up not being a huge deal. I think um, I only died twice. Um, definitely, definitely spooked, though. Uh, hella, hella scary. And only after I beat it did I find out that that is apparently the least frightening game Frictional has made. <laughs> Could have fooled me. Yeah. Um, Whoa. Uh, there's a couple reviews out there that I, I went sort of binging on um like wiki content and and video essays on soma because it's a very interesting game to dissect um quite a few of them had said like this is just a really really good story hiding behind a sort of mediocre horror game yeah Um, i know patrick hmm. lepic said as much in his uh amnesia rebirth review he was referencing prior uh frictional games yeah um Again, like, I, so so these games are really weird to me because I I will I I I devour like the Amnesia Wiki and like the Frictional <laughs> Games Wiki. So like I know all of the plot of of Soma, um, and I was worried about spoiling. I think I said something a little too early for you, Alex, when you were playing it. That kind of gave something away um, because I didn't know like at what point things were revealed to you. So at some point, Alex was playing very early on, like. And if you don't know the plot of Soma, basically, like, I mean, we're going to spoil. I'm sure we're going to spoil stuff. But, like, (laughs) you are, I mean, it deals with themes of, like, what is, uh, you know, transhumanism? And then what does it mean to be a person? And what does it mean, like, what do memories mean? What is consciousness? Yeah. Right. But, like, very early on, you were playing and... uh, there, there was, there's a guy that you interact with who is is a human inside of a robot, um, and he doesn't know that he's a robot. He's like, help me, like, because he's like pinned down under like some machinery that's failed. And the character you play as Simon is like, well, what do you need? Do you need like a mechanic? It's like you think you're fucking funny. <laughs> like, like, look at me, I'm a human. He's like waving like one of his big pincers in front. Of him. He's like, mm, no, nah. you're a robot. And I said out loud. Oh, is that why you look like like when you look down at your hands, it they just look like normal hands with like a rolled up like plaid shirt sleeve, not yeah. knowing that at that point in the game, the player does not know that Simon himself is actually a robot. Um, That's pretty good. Not he has, uh, kind of a he robot. He hasn't been giving the kick, so to speak, into understanding <laughs> what has happened. And That's I a good way works. to describe that. Yeah. Uh, I, I I think this is maybe one of the coolest things the game does, is it plays on, I, I guess, like a knee-jerk, uh, if you're familiar with like game storytelling, your first inclination is what has happened to your character is you've been like sucked inside your own mind, and in order to figure out the problems with your brain... They've like gamified the experience of fixing your brain that um, because you're you're Simon, you've had a car accident, you've got brain damage, um, your your girlfriend died, uh, you're you're going in for a brain scan is like the very first thing you do. Um, The game transitions from sitting in a chair, getting the brain scan to waking up in this dark horror a, a, a terrifying facility um and 
Yeah, the 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 whole. I I think most people when they get to that bit are there are they're like, oh, this is a game that's like personifying the fixing of my brain, or I'm supposed to be like going through this facility, and when I fix things, it's it's repairing my damaged brain. Um, and you learn not too quickly that that is not the case. And yep. you are really here, and this is really happening to you. It's not some metaphysical idealism. Uh, it's it's very much a terrifying situation you're stuck in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think these frictional games are like the best argument against just reading a synopsis on a on a on a wiki or something, because in most games, because the plot and the gameplay could be so divorced, uh, especially like I'm gonna. I'm going to put on my Alex Damrath hat on and say that this game is kind of uh, immersive sim-like because you oh, do walk around and you, p- and you pick up documents and you read the documents and that's how you understand what happened in the world. Um, but there, there is a big difference between like reading a sentence on a wiki on a plot synopsis that says like, yourself was put into the future nelson we're gonna spoil this game for you i, I don't know that's if you fine care. okay oh, that's fine you, your consciousness has been thrown a century into the future and like after a comet has collided with the earth and all life on earth is is gone except for what's in this underwater research base there's a difference between reading that as a sentence and actually finding the document within soma that like explains that and then like going from like oh fuck exploring the submarine that has like the recording of the captain on repeat telling his crew that like you know they're they're the last ones left and everyone just working at this underground underwater base it's it it fills you with these moments uh of of realization of dread um and ultimately it's a story about uh i'm gonna go ahead and, and jump into this by saying the goal of the game is you are trying to launch a satellite that contains in it a, a I'm going to go ahead and call it a, the Matrix of sorts. It's called the Ark. It's got a simulated life inside it. Um, yeah, a, a virtual a reality. world. Yeah, um, that human consciousness can be uploaded into so that they may live in the Ark happily. Um, it's powered by solar power has like giant solar panels on it and it's said to it'll sustain itself for thousands of years it's not a perfect solution um i mean it's not saving humanity which at this point everything everyone understands cannot be saved but it is sort of preserving the human way of life for a select group of people the people who lived in this underground base uh, a majority of them got their brain scanned so they could be uploaded into this arc and live out the rest of their days happily on a on a. It's similar to like those computer satellites we sent into space, like in the fifties or sixties or whatever, that just has like pictures of humans like eating ice cream and shit. Because it's, it's like it's a record, you know, it's a it's a item of record for the human race and with newer technology, right? right. And maybe maybe one day. Well, I mean, I, and, and the point of like the Ark in in Soma is to basically be not only a record but also like some sort of preservation for like some semblance of life because life yeah. on earth on the surface has is gone and life in pathos to the underwater base is like slowly shutting down if not almost completely eradicated and a total fucking nightmare otherwise like <laughs> yes. uh yeah i mean it's um, like that on earth now so i get it, <laughs> it it's 
and and I say this because coming back to it, thinking back on it, it is sort of funny how this very interesting story about the nature of consciousness um, is at odds a bunch of times with these horror set pieces and these monsters that you encounter. Like everything that you sort of witness and and feel as sort of like a questioning of your own choices and your own psychology um, have to stop. They have to come to like a complete standstill. Say when you encounter just I don't know this ro- this cyborg girl with a crab claw who's gonna run screaming at you if you bother. Her. Uh, it's <laughs> well that might just be a flaw of uh, the games they've created. Like you know. When all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. If I feel all you've like they is horror games. Then everything looks like a a everything is a, a screaming to, crab claw right, girl exactly, screaming yes. at you. Someone exactly. at Frictional wrote this like the story that is uh, uh, the, uh, existentially terrifying in a really deep and meaningful way. And someone else was like, "Well, if we make this a game, it has to be terrifying in in the in the bonk you overhead with a stick kind of way too." Um, and that's what they went for, um, which is, I, I got to say, on the whole, fine. I, I didn't hate that aspect. I just thought it was funny in hindsight how little the monster set pieces and the monster puzzles and the and the hiding and surviving and solving puzzles while being hunted disconnected entirely from the rest of what makes it so meaningful. Um, I also don't like... So games like this are really weird, like especially like looking at the new... You know, we watched your cousin play Amnesia mm-hmm. Rebirth after this, and also just thinking about the immersion sim genre in general. And it's a very like, it's a very lonely experience, right? Um, both immerse, immersive sims and like walking sims that share a lot of the same DNA. And I think the best games in this in this territory in terms of like forwarding a story are games because like games like this they're they're mostly made by very small teams and so like production value like for for other characters can be kind of low so they lampshaded a lot whether it's like in firewatch you know you talk to delilah through a radio and the only character you see on screen is like a glimpse of the dad that's like living out in the wilderness and then also the pilot at the end of the game that's just waving you on and it's not like a a great model and it, but like it, it it does the job and like in this game everything is just communicated through like i mean any other character most of the characters you see on screen are like monsters so like you can make them kind of ugly and that's fine or like most of the still human characters are like on the verge of death so they don't need to look particularly great um and then anyone else is communicated through like a screen and there's like an illustration of their face or whatever like with Catherine. right but at least you have that conversation with Catherine. like there's a back and forth i don't think a lot of simon's dialogue is particularly great especially (laughs) when it comes to his like reflection on himself like when he's interacting and just talking with someone like when you're talking to the last living human on earth it's a good interaction but like yeah. when it's when it's Simon on that like cargo ship underwater, just kind of like reflecting on like what it means to be human and what his humanity is. I thought that weird. dialogue kind of well, it, it kind of like it felt a little weightless. It, felt, it didn't hit well because I just don't think I don't think that kind of like metaphysical, like philosophical, like uh, uh, idea can be carried very well through simply a back and forth dialogue sequence. I think like there is a better way to do that, and I think like that's really where. Uh, finding documents and audio recordings and stuff like that can really make that into play because, like, you really have those kinds of philosophical moments to yourself. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really like trying to balance those ideas. Um, but also like in Amnesia Rebirth, like uh, the main character in that, Tassi, is mostly just talking to herself and also her unborn child who she is pregnant with. And I right. also feel like that game kind of, you know, d- misses the mark in doing that. Cause like, okay, like people don't talk out loud to themselves this much. I don't think I, I for myself, I, 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 I it's a limitation like I of have the, to call you out a little bit on that because I certainly do. Sure. I guess <laughs> I, it's, it's hard for me to relate. Like, yes, like I'll have like an internal monologue. Like we were talking about disco lazy, but it's also just like, yeah, but like if I talk to myself, it's not like fully constructed sentences that like make a lot of sense. It's like a lot of like very quick jabs of of, of statements or ideas are blurred out. It's like I, I I don't know. It's I also have to feel if I were in a terrifying situation, I would be doing it more just to like ground myself. <laughs> sure, but the statements would be like fuck, 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 and like <laughs> yeah, like yeah. get me the fuck out of I here. Think, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, I think what's missing in most fiction is that. I don't know for sure. I just want to say everyone's different, and and I don't know if no, I know. I get that from like a story writing standpoint. It's a little awkward. Um, it's but, it's just that question of like, how does that lampshade work? How do you best implement it, and does it work for everyone? Because you know, it, and I've been in plenty of writing, you know, critiques where people will be like, this li- this does not seem realistic. Like whatever the situation or line dialogue or whatever it is. Like I, we had to. I remember once we had to. Uh, we were given a prompt. We had to write a sci-fi prompt, uh, and there was just like a like this has to happen in the story. Like this this specific event or scene has to happen and everything else can be whatever. And so I wrote about this thing. It was like this kind of like far future kind of like interstellar thing where like these people go, they, they are taking advantage of wormholes and using the wormholes to do faster and light speeds to like get to other places. And like one of the main crew members is like a astrophysicist and like they go through the wormhole and he sits down and he writes out the equations of like what it means to like go through that wormhole and like the probability of like accurately like hitting the pinpoint and coming out on the other side unscathed. And he like realizes like the immense, enormous probability, like the slimmest chance of that actually happening. And like I write about his hands shaking because it's like it's so terrifying, like the enormity of like actually accurately like doing that. And I and I and we went to review and, and someone was like, that doesn't sound realistic. Like someone wouldn't react to that, even though I wrote that based off of I had a rowing coach in high school who used to work. He used to be in the Navy and he used to work on a submarine and he would run the uh, the periscope. And also he had to communicate to the navigator to make sure the submarine like didn't hit anything. And he said they were in enemy waters once and they like had to within like tens or hundreds of meters glide past this other submarine and when he he in in the moment you don't think about it and afterwards you like freak out you're like holy fuck like we could have completely died so like everyone has that different level of like what they consider to be realism and what they consider not to be realism and everyone has a different line where they get taken out of it um i just think like i I wish just simon didn't say it so bluntly like i wish simon was like wow you know this really makes me think about not being a human anymore like i wish he said something (laughs) that implied that statement that implied that subtext but was actually that then made the player think about it like i just think simply stating it is a bit is a bit much nelson you were gonna say something earlier i wanted to make sure we caught that oh i was just gonna um point out that i think what's missing in a lot of fiction is something other than line 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 like i I think i think a really good example and this is a random one that just came off the top of my head is archer i think archer does a really good job of exactly 
interjecting when one person feels like they need to interject into a sentence, but that conversation continues to flow. I think that they're, especially in games, I think especially in games, it's usually this character has a line, then this character has a line, then this character has a line. Um, Man, I should play Oxenfree. You should. No, I think Oxenfree is is a really good example of not doing that. I think more games need to be like that. I think I think more dialogue in gaming would be would be interesting if it came from a perspective of this seems like a real person trying to have a real conversation with somebody else. Well, I mean, part of the flaw is so much of the language of games is borrowing from the language of film when it shouldn't like at all. And then part of the difficulty is we have we have yet to like fully create our own language or like and then part of it is like okay how does how does the how does the narrative serve to or work to serve the gameplay as as opposed to the other way around so it's like you know mass effects solution to like interrupts is like all right we have your renegade trigger and it's like if you want to play right renegade you're going to pull left trigger and you're going to kick the guy out of the window and like that that that's it and that happens like three or four times throughout the course of the game because like that's all we could script for um, whereas like you said, oxen free has it planned that from the beginning to have these interrupts and have these quick back and forth. Mm-hmm. Telltale's interruptions are pretty solid too. Yeah. Or like the fact that you can say nothing in a telltale game, which like is, can be used. Like, I don't know how much it serves to like, like, I don't know if it diverges the story much when you say nothing. Um, I'm sure there's like playthroughs out there of like <laughs> mute, like Mike's Lee and one. walking. Dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder how that works out. All right, spooky season continues. Um, less so with the scary. Well, this is kind of scary. Resident Evil Two, Alex. Okay, kinda. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm waiting to talk 2. about this. Let me just preface this by saying it's been a All little while. All right, that's while. Resident Evil Two. Thank <laughs> you, no, my Alex, God. for talking about it. Uh, man, I I played this one way earlier this year. I want to say like January before. Before COVID hit, I want to say. All right, well, um, talk to me about Animal Crossing and not yet talking about Animal Crossing. We talk about games we haven't spoken about. <laughs> um, so Resident Evil 2. <laughs> Resident Evil 2 Remake. This is the remake, to be clear. Um, it's still probably the best game I've played this year. Man, high um, price. Yeah, that this is... Wow. I, I'm trying to think of like where to start. But I think it's just this feeling of spending the entire game in one massive Zelda dungeon that you're constantly sort of unpicking and untying this giant knot, planning the most effective routes to make sure like, okay, I finally have the inventory space to go pick up the supplies here and I could do that on my way to this room where I'm supposed to be grabbing this gear for this clock puzzle in this room. And trying to manage everything creating a plan executing on it all the while everything you're constantly being kept on your toes especially once the tyrant shows up and it's such a masterpiece of of effectively getting you to stay in that zone but also be terrified uh man do do you think the puzzles are good Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm i uh Man, I, I thought it was really weird at first 
that this police station is so huge and elaborate and full of like weird puzzles. It's the Raccoon uh, City budget, man. They got <laughs> well, BLM hasn't hit there well, yet. I don't know if this is explained <laughs> in the in the original, but um, evidently this police station used to be like an art museum. And so that's. Oh, I think I have heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that's Man, sort of gives if, way if that's to not like, a statement for, for America in 2020. <laughs> wow. What is it? Uh, uh, so that's sort of why there's rooms full of like statues and, and weird keys for, for strange doors with like symbols on them. And I don't know, but part of it feels video gamey, but never in like an unwelcome way, never in a way that sort of ripped you out of the, out of this, the experience. Um, it it never takes you out of the moment. Like there's not really there are cutscenes, but they're very few and far between. Um, lots of specific scripted moments play out just as like regular gameplay. Uh, nice. A lot of them feel great just in how you can react to them on the fly. <laughs> I, I'm thinking specifically, and this is the one that like everyone clips out of like Twitch streams, but where you first see the tyrant where you're walking towards this hallway and there's like a burning helicopter that crashed in front of you. And when he first lifts it up and you see him, you're like, Oh, that's a big zombie. And you go to like pop him in the head. And all that mm-hmm. happens is like his hat flies off and he keeps marching towards you without breaking yeah. stride. And X, <laughs> X going to give it to you place. Yes, Hell, exactly. Yeah. If um, you have my, the mod I want implemented. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, it's just such, such a beautiful, beautiful game. I, I loved, um, there's there's so many I, I I'm like blanking now on some of the better moments just because it's been so long, but uh, I, I I just loved that feeling of opening the map and saying, all right, you know I gotta go here, I gotta go here, keep making plans, keep having to change plans on the fly because oh no he's like right there in my way <laughs> now I've got to go over here and take this other winding path through the entire station that's covered in zombies probably right because uh, once he shows up he's like he's there for good yes. right um if he's like down that hall then you can't go down that hall you gotta go find <laughs> another way around <laughs> or you trade between you play as leon and jill in this game so this is no this is leon and um claire? Uh, chris's claire. sister claire. claire thank you um yeah jill is uh, in three. and that's that's the other cool thing about this is like on top of it all there's so much content in this game because you play through one campaign, and this is your normal campaign. Like the first time you play, you hit new game, you pick between Leon or Claire, and you play through the normal campaign as Leon or Claire. Then you get a second campaign, which is slightly different. You're like the other character following in the other one's footsteps. You meet up with them at points during the story where the first one met up with them. Uh, never in like a way where they can stick together. They're always like on the other side of some cage or whatever. But they like hand each other keys and you get these bits and you get like these bits where like, oh, now you have this key and now you can go explore this other part of the police station that was previously cut off to you in the the first iteration of the story. Um, And that's really cool because it both lets you that the second campaign is harder and that they like have more zombies and like Mr. X is there immediately, I think. Um, But you also have like new areas that you're exploring. So you have more of this not to unpick. Uh, and then once you've done those, the two stories that make up the main campaign, there's a bunch of bonus stories. 
You get oh, side really? characters in Raccoon City, like little mini campaigns you can play through. Uh, in Claire's story, I believe there's like a section where you play as a little girl. And in the little girl story, she's like trying to escape from an orphanage. And there's evidence that the owner of the orphanage was like this in public, a big benefactor that everyone loved. But in private, this creepy, gross guy that was like paying off uh, the Umbrella Corporation or or paying off the police chief to let the Umbrella Corporation run experiments underneath the the police station. Um, So you're this girl who's sort of heard him talk about these secrets you're the, this tiny child and you're like trying to escape his orphanage and uh um not jill we said it who was claire, the girl? claire claire claire's story is like about getting the girl out of their safe um and that's pretty cool if you're but when you're playing that section as the girl in the orphanage you come across a room and there's this dead girl on the table and one of like the side campaigns they made was the story of that girl and what happened to her um there's also uh one of the more famous ones because i think this one was in the original was the hunk mission where you play as hunk uh trying to get out of the basement sub level now that now that's the level of uh resident evil character naming that i come to expect (laughs) hunk's cool he doesn't actually have like a real name he's just like a faceless mercenary who you see a number of like you see their bodies um throughout the regular campaign but this is like the one that gets out it's like some umbrella core mercenary uh and you can play through his mission where he's basically coming from the last area of the game all the way back to the beginning of the game oh cool which is yeah a really neat situation you're 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 getting him out of the lab all the way through the police station to the front gate so a helicopter can pick him up and get him out of there question Uh, yeah how long are the Leon and Claire campaigns individually? Like individually, if you could, like, so guess. The, the first one I've read is like an average of like 15, 16 hours. And the second one, the second one's a little shorter. It's more like maybe nine or 10. Um, and then how long are these like individual stories? One or two. You can beat them in a setting. Okay. Resident Evil 2, how long to beat.com, main story, eight and a half hours, main plus extra, 13 and a half hours, completionist, 31 and a half hours. That sounds great. That sounds yeah. doable. That sounds like a phenomenal way to spend my time. Spend it's your spooky season. As opposed to huge open world games that you just sink hours into. Yeah, I. Uh, so I booted <laughs> up, in that vein, I booted up Genshin Impact last night just so I had some experience with it. And... Uh, Man, Alex, you were not kidding when you said that game is anime <laughs> as fuck. Because that game is anime as fuck. The worst part, <laughs> the worst part about that game is that they just explain away. They, they, you, you start off. You're like battling this big bad, which you're not even battling him. Like it's a, it's a yeah. cutscene that lasts like two minutes, if that. And it's like you and your sister, right? It's like a sibling. Yeah. And you have to choose between the male or the female sibling. And then whichever one you choose, the other one gets like trapped by the big baddie. And they all are just <laughs> waifus. Like it's not like there's no, it, like they everyone look all the same. In this They're game, all blonde. Everyone in this game is a waifu. Right. But it's like even yeah. the big villain, like you're expecting like some like maybe like Maleficent style like design on like maybe some, like hyrule warriors with this well i'm, I'm just saying like <laughs> like dark colors or like something something that distinguishes her from like the the characters you're playing as but they're all interchangeable like they all look the same mm-hmm. and then 
that happens and then you get like teleported to this other world which is the game you, which is the world you play in but like there's a flashback to like several years or i mean there there's a time jump to several years in the future and then you're just on like a shore talking to paimon like yeah and that's how i ended up here like and i met <laughs> you a couple months ago and i was like why is any of this happening the way like did you did you guys just not want to script like this shit out like did you not want to have like a thing that's like oh no now i'm in this world i'm disoriented i have to figure myself out and now i met paimon and and i keep going back and forth on paimon i don't know if i love her or hate her like <laughs> I, I, it's hard to tell 100 percent. i think i think she's okay i think the fact that you can make fun of her you could, you could fuck yes. around with her so much i like make the fun f- of her on every occasion it's yeah, great the, the fact that you could just dunk on her like the one of the first interactions <laughs> you have with one of the other player characters that you get she's like who is this is this your mascot <laughs> and one of the dialogue options is emergency food <laughs> and then she gets that paimon gets really indignant about that like I, I don't know like there's 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 charm to the game and there's just parts where it's like blah 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 anime and then there's parts yeah. where it's like oh this is actually like an interesting like character interaction um and i wish it was more of the latter and less of the former yeah. uh but that's that spooky season let's keep rolling through spooky season this isn't really spooky this is more macabre let's talk about murders nelson tell oh me about paradise killer I got a code for Paradise Killer from the publisher. Oh, from uh, ah. Fellow Traveler. Important to note. Those are those are nice folks over there. Shout out to Chris Wright and Felix. I know does scouting for Fellow Traveler. Oh, hell Some yeah. Cool folks. Hell yeah. <sighs> Dylan. Is that a good sigh or a bad sigh? It's hard to tell it these is, days. It's a it's a it's a uh conflicted sigh. Okay. All right. Paradise Killer. Is, is a beautiful, weird, weird game. Um, you play Lady Love Dies. You are a detective. You exist in a... Or you are on the island paradise where after a certain number of years, the experiment of the island, creating a perfect paradise, uh-huh. is given up on. And then they destroy yes, I, that I live, island. I live in America. And create a new one, right? Right. Um, the American experiment's dead. Wow, it's basically that. Um, and it's 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 genuinely fascinating. You start as as it's a first person exploration game. Um, you meet basically a god of like a trickster god who's like, hey, um, I'm gonna be around just because I want to watch what's about to happen. And then you walk off out of your tower of isolation because you've been in isolation for 400 years. Okay. And you just fall into the <laughs> island and the credits start rolling while you fall through the sky while you're falling through the sky. And this is like, you're in control of it. So you can move a little bit if you uh-huh. want to, but you just, you just fall, you're wearing heels. Um, and you just, <laughs> and you just land perfectly. Okay. You start talking to somebody who's going to transport you around the island. And then, and then I got motion sick. Yeah. That's the first I've heard that for this game, but also <laughs> looking at the game, that doesn't seem that surprising. I don't often get motion sick. Do you think I do you think don't it, know what it was about this game? Maybe it's the FOV? Is there like an FOV slider <laughs> you can mess with? I'm about to like honestly pull it back up just to double check. Um I'll find out. It got to a point where I was where I was 
looking for something that I needed to find and my stomach was like turning as I was traversing the area. Uh, Everything is, and it's very like, you can go anywhere. So mm -hmm. as you are getting closer to something on an, on the Island, everything is huge. So the like parallax scaling effect of everything coming at you and then things that are moving that maybe don't need to move are moving and so there's just way too much of everything happening at once and i think my brain just like shorted out <laughs> yeah the um so that's paradise <laughs> right the, <laughs> the the aesthetic's weird like i'm not it's, it's weird i'm not gonna say it's bad but like so it's like 2d characters like sprites 2d also, character sprites in a 3d world it's like low you can poly walk around them. Yeah. Well, yeah. So the rest of the world is low poly. It's got this weird like vaporwave esque. It's like if you mixed vaporwave with Neo Kitsch from Cyberpunk seventy seven. Okay. Um, and then just ran with it. Um, but then like you can walk around the two D character sprites in the three D world, and they don't rotate to match your movement so they rotate slower than oh no going around them Mm. so that's what i mean like everything in the world seems to be moving at a different pace that my brain can't track there's not like a world clock that's like keeping track of them all together that's weird yes yeah i wonder why i couldn't tell you what it is exactly but like my brain just didn't wasn't a fan of it (laughs) and so now i can't i can't I'll try again, but I can't really play Paradise Killer. It's interesting. I mean, people seem to be into it. It's like a murder mystery, and I'm sure know, it's dope with like weird kind of like dating sim esque. Oh like, yeah, stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. All of the all of the suspects are hot. Apparently, there's like multiple ways that you can play through it. Um, I'm not sure if there are multiple answers, sure. but there was a lot of like, "Will you be the one to find out?" who killed love or something like that <laughs> oh look at these yeah, like all of these characters are great i like the skeleton There's one dude. that's just a red skeleton yeah. with a horn yep seems cool yeah i was i was the aesthetics i don't know we're in this weird phase right now and i think everyone has different opinions on it of like what you know how low is too low for production values and like like, are you lampshading? Are you cutting corners in a smart and efficient way? And is it still like, because I'm not like going to knock this game just because I don't like the aesthetics, but I don't think they're for mm-hmm. me. I mean, they're, they're part, they're screenshots that look like pretty good. And there's someone like, ah, but I think like something like wide ocean, big jacket is good at like towing that line. Um, and then there are games that like really kind of lean into like looking kind of trashy and, and, uh, um, uh, vapor wary mm-hmm. <laughs> like like diaries of a spaceport janitor i i would kind of describe <clears throat> the vibe of the of this game as video game brutalism hmm. yeah like it this, very this... much feels like there are styles that are matching up that maybe shouldn't but it creates a certain like Paradise Killer is its own vibe and nobody else is ever going to be able to copy that vibe and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um and that's just like the virtue of it being what it is. Right. Um I I think maybe what it 
I think it. I think it might just be a bunch of styles kind of mashed up. Yeah, which not I'm a bad not, way. Yeah, I'm not super into that. Like, I mean, like the style, all, all the different stylings and like outer worlds being mashed together. Like you have like this weird like Enlightenment age. Like you have like the, the newspaper like broadside advertisements mixed with like kind of like saloon doors and like all the, all this stuff kind of and like tinctures and like weird like snake oil salesman mm. stuff. But also there's like a like a mid mid century modernism little bit touched in in there and like the you know the american dream kind of mid 50s kind of stuff uh it's weird it's um yeah i'm thinking i never played the beginner's guide but from what people have said they made it sound like the beginner's guide was more polished than like it sold it sold itself as like it sold itself as like oh these are like prototypes I, like Dave, i'm not surprised by that like at all. davy reedens talking about like making games and like here are all of his prototypes that are just slapped together but like i remember people saying like no it's much more polished than like what a prototype would look like and maybe that's like maybe that combined with things like indie game the movie like help construct this false narrative of like what is what are the proper expectations and quality of stuff and like again like people seem to like paradise killer so i mean obviously it's like i'm not trying to and i don't need to defend its aesthetics but i don't know I also like I also think that there's just a sometimes it just comes down to the to the execution. Sure. Like yeah. it 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 could be that this game uh if the execution was different could be one of like the the dopest looking games out there. Yeah. I from from an art style perspective. Yeah. Um I think because it in the case of beginner's guide having more polish i think because it 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 went that extra like whatever x percent to put firmly into polish helped it get to this part right helped to get to a point that paradise killer maybe isn't right my 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 bringing up beginner's guide was specifically Mm -hmm. because like it sold itself as being like kind of lower lower production value than it might have actually been like if you look at the lighting on this on this stage like i don't know how much of this is prefabricated and you can just render pretty quickly in like ue but like i don't know i don't know I'm i out feel of, like probably I, most of I'm, it I'm, I'm out of my depth here oh hard <laughs> same uh paradise killer all right let's talk about another game that deals with murder and well death yeah uh uh Alex, I am dead. Yeah, I was gonna say this is a good transition because I think dead, I'm dead. <sighs> ah, it's Mike's man. joke. Well, oh. all right. We've won the ward cast. We can turn it off now. Um, <laughs> At last. I am I dead, the say, sequel to I Am Bread. <laughs> <laughs> uh speaking of good character portraits, um Ooh. I am dead is so far, I mean we've only done like the first level, so to speak. Sure. Um a wonderful chestnut of little stories seems to be about, I don't know, how, how the objects people leave behind are are their story mm-hmm. um, or how they are a part of their stories. Uh, I Am Dead is a puzzle adventure um, that Kinda focuses nog-ish. a little noggish. A little bit noggish. Uh, <laughs> a little noggish. That's you are tasked with finding five ghosts that live on an island. Um, 
because one of them you need one of them to become the island's new custodian which uh is the fancy term for a special head ghost that appeases the island spirits and would keep the island's volcano from exploding um because apparently the old one is getting too old because ghosts <laughs> age now it's a new revelation i did not need um <laughs> Uh, even, and, even the afterlife has a has a time you're limit. not free so many uh, bears later yes <laughs> needs to uh needs to go um man um but so far it, it's a wonderfully wholesome chestnut of ideas centered around i don't know the facts of death uh it was, de- it was definitely a type of game that i felt like i needed right then and there yeah, it's nice. Yeah, this looks like a game that 2020 needs. Uh, you start off... It's cool. You start off on a beach, and this is before Dylan showed up. Um, but you're walking across the beach, and you're just kind of reminiscing about the island life. Uh, from the beach, you can see a lot of the little landmarks, like the lighthouse, which was the first level with the yoga studio on it, a park. Uh, and you get to a bench, and you see that the bench is dedicated to you, the character you're playing as with like uh, a birth year and a death year <laughs> of like 2019. Uh, and the voice that you're hearing goes like, Oh yeah, this is uh this is for me. Cause well, um, <laughs> uh, I am dead. And, and a like, very oh! charming, charmingly British voice. Like I would, yes, most of the voice acting is very like Wallace and Gromit esque. Yes, Fantastic. 100%. That's how exactly how I would describe it. Um, then you do a quick tutorial level, um, which is very well disguised. It doesn't feel like a tutorial all as much. Um, but you're in the museum that your character curated, and you're just kind of browsing around. And when you get to this point where there's like a table set up with like an urn for the ashes of your lost dog, uh, Sparky, um, you hear like a bark. And as you explore through the urn, you see a dog tag, and the dog tag awakens the spirit of your lost dog, Sparky, who can talk, <sighs> because as a ghost, that's a thing that dogs can do. You can talk dog. Um, oh, hell yeah. Also, the yeah. dog's female, and I mean, I don't think Sparky's a good name for a female dog. I'm just going to put that out there. Wow, <laughs> Dylan. Dylan's got strong opinions about female dog names, but we're going to move on. Wow, Dylan. Um, Way to assign your dog's name. <laughs> It's made a lot of enemies. The Ward cast will never recover from this. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. Dog people. We losing dog people now? Oh, no. What a problem. Wow. It's like the a... one audience still in is very okay with losing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the, the, the first level they walk you through what you're actually doing for most of this game is um you've got a, like, the whole game is sort of based on, I described it as like that, those world's most incredible cross-section books. Where you're you're like cutting things in half. You're exploring these dollhouses, these maquettes, um, and the people within them. And if the people have little thought bubbles, then you can go into their memories, and you can use their memories to find an object of importance to this dead person, what they call a memento. And then once you know what the memento is, then you're searching the rest of the dollhouse for that memento, and that requires call, you to kind of what they call a dark night. What they call a Dunkirk. Boo. What they call an Interstellar. Boo. No. 
what they call a tenant that that's the Whoa. one that's the that's one not, that's gonna that's, win you over it's it's none oh of God. these what they call it turns uh, out it's none of these a prestige good lord oh get out get out right. um I just, what they call as a Batman ghost, begins okay. as a ghost you can phase into things you can you sort of like like float through stuff and you can see inside of objects um and that's how you sort of like search through these drawers is you like slowly phase through them to like see oh like here's the the war medal that was the one one of the mementos for this one guy um and i think it's mostly a game about how these memories and these objects create an image of a person and how you can as a player get to know all of them before you even finally get to meet them uh, just via these little stories and these objects. And, and, the, art, and the art's great. Like I just, the art's I great. Love the, like when you go into someone's head, there's like this weird, it's almost like a crystal ball mm-hmm. that you have to like rotate and skew to like properly align the image to like take you to the next memory section. And you listen to the voiceover like of them recollecting, uh, the person that you're trying to find. Right. Um, one of the memories of the first guy came from a seagull that stole his Rubik's cube. I thought that was pretty great. Uh, it wasn't a seagull. It was a. It was a. It was a. A cramo. It was a, a cram- heron. No, it was I don't a know. Cram- cramorant. Cram. Cram. Cramorant. You're right. You're right. It was Couldn't like Sally the Cramorant. That's it. Uh, because they have that Pokemon that they named after that they bird. Because it like it's kind of like a seagull meets a pelican, Cramo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we call yeah. him, we call him Cramo in the Finji Discord. Cramo. <laughs> um. Oh man! And then there's like little spirits too that give you like an extra little challenge puzzle that you can do in each level. Um, whose like whose names we couldn't remember? Grimbo, <laughs> Grambo, Grimkins, Grimkins, something like ah, that. Um, Grimkins, of course. Uh, that what happens with those is you get a shape in the bottom corner of the screen and it's just like find this shape and the shape has to be formed by you finding the right object in that section of the dollhouse and then phasing through it so that it becomes the shape that you see in the bottom corner uh, it's yeah, very difficult at times uh, one of them we, we didn't figure out one of them Another one we seem to get just by chance. The rest weren't too hard. Well, I feel like um, most of them you can get by chance if you like. You, if you're doing the cross section, like, and you just like spin the thing around, like you'll eventually get the cross cross section that that's looking for. But it like it requires you to like know because it'll give you the hint before you even looking at any of the objects. So it's like it will require you to at least like think, okay, what hmm. object could look at this? So like the first one we got, it was like. It was a line of circles like going diagonally and the top there was five of them and the top two were like com- completely whole and then the bottom two were like broken in different amounts. So like there was a gap in in, in breaking the circle and that one was pretty self-explanatory because the, the area you were exploring was small enough. And it's like, OK, well, it's probably these wind chimes here and then we just had to get the proper cross section to a proper angle of the wind chimes. But like there was yeah. one that like looked like it was like a capsule. It was like a. Yeah, cut away of a capsule and look like there was like water or something. It. We yeah. still couldn't figure that one out. I, was, I don't know what a, that one was. And it was also in a room of like 
several dozen plants so it's like you had to interact <laughs> with every individual like object in there but it'll hint at you if you're looking at the like, proper object because like you'll hear laughter from like the little spirit um mm, that's rad which we didn't pick up at at first because we thought the laughter was just like random but yeah we found that um, lobster in the in the toilet tank all right found the lobster found the the hidden compass do. and map in the heel of a shoe which was interesting right. a hidden compartment um, in a shoe heel that's weird uh, there's lots of like little Easter eggs that come from being able to phase through things that I like. Uh, for instance, I don't know, I'm a big fan of the uh, the Buddha statues that as you phase through them, the heads had like a little shiny glow to them. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's cute. Um, the golf balls that had a proper cutaway where it's like it's got like a thick rubber section, or yeah. red rubber section, and then like a solid white core. That that's, that's right. what is really impressive about this game that I'm still like sort of trying to figure out because. If you ever worked in a game engine, 3D models are hollow objects. <laughs> um, there is no inside to right. these things. There, there's not there's, even a texture inside. Right. Um, you can't have a texture that faces inward for certain scenarios. If, say, you want someone to be like inside of a dome. But uh, for the most part, what this game achieves, I thought to be largely impossible. Um, and I don't know how they do it uh every everything having an interior mesh that you can cross section through on the fly as you fly through it is maybe there's like a volume fill shader that they're taking advantage of instead of like having to do cuz like i remember i remember like notch hate mentioning him but i remember when notch like in early minecraft development he mentioned like his his method for making like items that the character could wield he would just bring up like a a sprite editor program and draw it and then he had a he had something he had he had a script that would read that into a 3d modeler and extrude the pixel art outwards and then size Mm -hmm. it properly to work with with steve holding it so i and that's how it still works today like texture packs don't make new models; they just do the pixel art. New and every item that you hold is just built off of that code. Um, yeah, I, I do imagine it's some fancy shader. Yeah, but there is I still a solution can't piece together sure. in my head how it works. I really want there to be a GDC talk from the I am dead people. Please tell me how this works. <laughs> yeah. Please tell me you have the answers. And they're just yeah. like, ah, <laughs> we just clicked on stuff. We clicked on stuff in, sh- in, in you know, uh, Shader Forge and it worked eventually. The, the grapefruit <laughs> tree really got to me. Like how I, I right, you face through sections. this grapefruit tree and like all the individual grapefruits have their own like, you know, colored oh. inside. And then the dirt in the pot had its own colored inside. It was, you know, it was That's all awesome. dirt. Um, the casserole pot that seemed to have several objects in it as you phase through it. Like, right. I, I, had like vegetables and stuff and it's in the pie what, what is this black magic i I, <laughs> I need to know i am dead it's very very good i yeah that's what i'm going back to probably today for sure i want to check it out i am enjoying our i know we're only doing it like privately on a, a, a discord we share but i'm enjoying our like watch someone drive this game and someone else have commentary i think this would i think we could stream that i think that would i think that would work Take it to the big leagues. Put it on the, Twitch. the big leagues. We could probably uh, put it on a Facebook gaming. Yeah, you oh, know, put it on, there you go. Put it on Mixer. Mm. You know, it's still around. Right? Too soon. Too soon. Put still it on a Quibi. What if we made a short form <laughs> series for the Quibi? Yeah, could that go. work? Yeah, yeah. That's I'll still get a thing, right? Jeff Katzenberger, you you have our number. <laughs>
the best what a, the best tweet I saw about that was like this is the worst way to find out that Jeff Katzenberger turned down your offer for Quibi. Wow. <laughs> and then like the follow up tweet is like I, I know a peanut butter sandwich was low, but you know you can... <laughs> uh, did you hear the, the the trolls the the inspirational song from Trolls World Tour that he played oh to God. all the laid off employees at at Quibi? was probably like only oh, the man who spearheaded the idea for ants the movie could have stoop so low oh uh, lord uh, yeah that i seems um, accurately low not to stand giant corporations but i think pixar my childhood love for pixar alone makes me not like jeffrey katzenberger fair enough um, um speaking of watching some streams i previewed some disc room that someone here played. Yeah. Nelson, how is Disc Room? Disc Room? I'm just kidding. I played Disc Room. Um, oh, okay. Disc Room. Yeah. Uh, this is the new joint from uh, Terry, Dose One, JW, and Kitty Callis is what they're listed as on their Steam page. They don't have Dose a game one. company. Um, the, these folks also I also, also like being... that that was like mostly first names. <laughs> yeah. I don't know JW's last name. And, <laughs> and Dose isn't his real name and terry is it, it's not terry kavanaugh is it no it's a different terry um okay. it's it's the high hell slash sledge life uh slash minute terry i think terry worked on minute um uh, most of these folks are the folks that worked on minute jw and kitty callis i know at the very least worked on minute um this was their next game in collaboration with devolver um disc room is basically it's a bullet hell roguelike um except it's a roguelike only in the sense that when you die you start over but you only start over in the room that you're in uh let me see if i can get the the story blurb from see if it's on their steam page i i I feel like it's more of um a bullet hell zelda dungeon yeah that that could be that could be because it's not randomly generated every room is its own tiny gimmick Sure, and you're trying to progress through the rooms. You don't, you don't ever experience any kind of permadeath. But you also have like goals that you're trying to commit that persist through deaths, and you also have like abilities. You know, you have an optional suite of abilities to choose from. Like kind of like kind of like Zelda, like both of those things. Are yeah, Zelda. but like Zelda, like you can <laughs> switch from your hook shot and whatever on the fly. Like this is much okay. more. Um, here, here's the blurb and the year is 2089 and a giant disc has appeared in orbit of Jupiter. Um, and then you play as like an astronaut researcher that you go inside and yeah, it's just a bunch of discs and they're very small rooms. They, they, they are constructed kind of like a Zelda dungeon room. It's just like a big square and all the discs have different properties. Uh, every room has like a, a weird name. Um, we, we found a room a good name. That, that was called like. <laughs> now for something a little different and it was this room with these very very small discs that you could barely see that (laughs) flew across the room and spawned really quickly and because most of the discs are like huge and like take up a a decent amount of of the of the screen um and there's like objectives to like do a bunch of stuff so like so they're like so each room has like multiple areas of like egress they're like two or three doors on each room and those doors only unlock once you meet certain objectives and those objectives can be uh specific to that room or like global across all of the rooms so like a door can only unlock like for example 
when you die to like six unique different discs. So you have to find six unique discs and die to them and that'll unlock that door or like this door will only unlock once you survive for 10 seconds within this room. And and it's all like that and 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 the and the, there are like not really floors but there are like different gated areas. So like the first area is very like industrial and then the next area is like this kind of like dune-esque like deserty world kind of thing where like giant mouths show up in 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 the floor that will kill you while all the discs are spinning around over time you unlock different abilities you'll get like a dash so you can dodge roll out of the way of the disc or you have a slow that like projects this giant circle around you and slows discs and then the circle shrinks and shrinks over time um there are some rooms that and every room has a timer so to, to count how long you'll survive for and sometimes the timer only goes up when if you're within the smaller circle inside the larger room. Um, yeah, it's a fun, it's a nice quick little, especially after playing these games that like take a while to, to ramp up. It's nice to play like a very, uh, you know, post Vlambeer type game. Uh, especially now that we're in a world where Vlambeer doesn't exist. Um, post Vlambeer is the new genre, right? Vlambeer like, (laughs) uh yeah and i i don't know it seems cool uh kitty also shared the the pitch document that they had for this game and it was also like two pages long and it's not like uh uh it's not surprising given that all those people have partnered with devolver before it's probably they didn't need much more to to pitch to devolver and if you listen to our pax online panel recording nigel said as much it's like they will go back and and work with uh the same talent um and require I, less upfront. I, I also want to say I, I'm pretty sure for Devolver all that needed to be on that pitch document is we are Terry Dose One and sure. <laughs> and they'll be like, ah, sold. Right. Like, <laughs> like Sludge Life. Like we haven't yeah. really talked about Sludge Life this year, but like Sludge Life like was free, is free for like a whole year on Epic. And like an Epic is known to like pay upfront their to the devs for like whatever stint of time a game is free on on the epic store so like i can only imagine how much that ingratiated devolver towards terry and and co uh to like continuing to work with them because i mean like right they had to be they had to be sold on that game and i guess i guess it worked out pretty well um disc room also uses a shader very similar to the sludge life shader where sludge like has these very like thick pixely uh outlines on all the characters the player character in disc room i thought was sprite based at first but it's not it's a 3d model that they just limit to like specific angles of frames um Hmm. but like if you stand still the idle animation you can see the the little outline shader that terry used for sludge life um is also being incorporated here but yeah that's pretty cool i'm enjoying it it's fun i mean if you like games like I mean, if you like any of the Vlambeer games, like this is very up that alley. If you like, like, uh, uh, Binding of Isaac, this is very frenetic, similar to Binding of Isaac. Um, yeah, disc room. Yeah, check it out. Survive the space. disc room. It's in space. And you know what else is in space? Oh wow! Look at this segue. Star Wars Squadrons. That's true. It's speaking of uh, motion sickness, Nelson. I want to hear about this. Star so Wars I'm Squadrons. About this one. I have surprisingly not gotten any motion sickness in Star Wars Squadrons. Are you playing in VR? No. You, <laughs> I'd imagine have, that helps. <laughs> you have a quest, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> I have a quest, but I do not have the 
computing power strong enough to um, appropriately appropriately run Star Wars Squadrons a- in a- VR. Appropriately appropriate Star Wars mm-hmm, Squadrons mm-hmm. in VR. VR. Wait, explain uh, before we get to to okay, Squadrons. Let's talk about uh, Facebook's Quest Two. Is the Oculus brand sure. even like? Because they renamed Oculus. No, no, no. They renamed the Oculus Event, right? Because mm, yes. Oculus uh, yes. Connect is like now like. Uh, is it just the Facebook Connect? They, but they 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 have like it's like Facebook. It looked like a fucking Illuminati symbol or like the Freemasons. <laughs> it was like Facebook, <laughs> VR, labs. Hold on. Yes. Facebook Reality Facebook's VR slash AR division renamed to Facebook Reality Labs. Um and I had this fucking Fair. thing. Uh, oh, that does look like the Illuminati. That's not a bad logo. No, it's fine. It's, it's very like Rotary Club esque though. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't want to use anything made by Facebook anymore. It's annoying. I just if you want my if you want my like private information, you can just ask for it. Like if the, if there's anything that oh, I'll just, I'll, I'll hiding, ask Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> let's do that. Like there's there's ooh, don't don't do that, kitten. And I whoop. Um there are just Facebook's stupid. Facebook's stupid. I hate that they own Oculus. It's not hopefully one of the uh results of big tech companies being monopolies turns into Facebook should not be allowed to own the information obtained from Oculus at the very least. I I think Um, you mean one of the good things coming out of possibly these monopolies being broken up through the antitrust legislation. Yes. Hello. Say that again. The antitrust legislation or maybe not legislation but the antitrust uh uh, uh, uh investigations happening in congress mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think we're saying the same thing two th- different ways i think we are uh you, i think we are you just made it sound like it's a good thing they're a monopoly because <laughs> no, no 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 it is a good thing that we are saying hey maybe these monopolies shouldn't be monopolies yeah um <laughs> especially uh given the fact that if you delete your facebook account it deletes all your oculus <laughs> purchases and if you create a burner Facebook account, you cannot um, continue to use your Oculus account because they'll like shadow ban it or something. Yeah, you're not allowed to pretend to be somebody else. That then turns into another thing when it comes to real name laws in regards to trans people. It's like, right, there are there is a lot of language in a lot of this that is just like either way too vague or or just not great so do they have to like because i mean like does facebook freak out if you make an oculus purchase and like the name on your credit card or something doesn't match up with the name on on your facebook profile no no because it's just money sure if if you're just gonna give them money right (laughs) then then they'll take it however but if you're gonna give them information they want to know that you're giving if excuse me if you're going to use their platform and they're going to take the information from your use of the platform they want to make sure that they are having the accurate information okay which is a really shitty big corporate thing but this is not the capitalism podcast 
It can yeah. be. Could be. Um, Could be. So you're not playing Squadrons on VR? Are you? Would you? Yet. Would you be? Okay. When I get a 3080, I will. But so when I get some form of a graphics card that is better than a 970, yeah, 100. percent I think I have one laying around. It's, it's, it's definitely not. Swear a, to God, it's definitely not a 30 series, but. Just give me whatever you got. Maybe it I'll is a 970. <laughs> if you SLI these two 970s together, you'll <laughs> give me, give it to me, and then I'll try it out. Um, but I'm confused at the the quest. Uh, why does the quest need a uh, need your PC to be more powerful? I thought the quest runs completely remote. If you are playing a quest game, I am playing a PC game on Steam VR. Got it. And I'm using the quest as my display. Got it. Is it still <laughs> wirelessly connected or do you have to tether nope. it at that point okay no you have to tether it using the um link cable which is just a good usb c cable okay but it's still sixed off when you have it wire like it's still it's still like the f- full free range of motion even if you have it tethered that part i'm not sure about because i don't have a good enough pc to have tested it because it's not like there are like uh lighthouses for the quest right right interesting okay yeah but it has the cameras so it so it can track how close you are to everything hmm. it's almost like a, like a wii but except those sensor bars like mounted to your face it seems yeah. like kind of so, all right star Wars squadrons nelson mm-hmm. well, how is it's it? more like the it's more actually it's more like the ir sensor on the joy con except there's like six of them got it okay okay um Star Wars Squadrons is kind of cool. I don't think the story is good. <laughs> well, I Star kind Wars. of ignored that part. So. Uh, you shut your goddamn mouth. Um, because as I will state repeatedly, Alex Damrath was right. Star Wars Clone Wars is phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> had to check for the cat. Also had to check for Alex Damrath's expression. And Dylan is reclining in his seat. He hates it. He hates all of this. I do think that Star Wars <laughs> Rebels has a bad art style comparatively, though. Um, yeah, anyway, it's just like it's weirdly smooth and gross. No, Star Wars Squadrons. Star Wars Squadrons <laughs> is a fine game. It is completely in first person, which going to go ahead and say I don't think I realized at first. Um, but that has allowed the team, I believe it's motive to really, really deliver a beautiful fucking cockpit game. Like a dogfighting game that is just, I don't think it's great. I don't <laughs> think it's everybody's style. Yeah. But there is something about, um, there's something about this game that clicks for me. And a lot of it is probably it being Star Wars. And then there's just the aspect of, yeah, you can, you can come to a full stop because you're in space yeah why would your ship not be able to come to a full stop and then rotate and then go in a completely different direction right yeah i hear the uh the combat the dogfighting is a little simplified compared to a rogue squadron or whatever whatever that it is i think it might be better off that way i think it's more accessible especially as a vr title i would imagine yeah and there and there are there are really intense nuances if you want to get into them to the point where so off the bat let's say you're in an x-wing you have um you have three things you uh excuse me your power can be balanced in 
any of these three directions. Uh, engines, which will increase your maneuverability and your acceleration. Um, and your top speed, I believe. The lasers. Shields, right? Okay. Yeah, so so shields is the third one. The second one is lasers, which will just increase your ammo count. Also, you have ammo. Um, <laughs> it'll increase your ammo count and increase the power of your attack. And then shields, which you can then push forward or backward or balance to block attacks, obviously. Um, and they even do it. I will say, I don't think the story is good. The story is a really good way to learn how to do a fleet battle um because they will teach you hey if you're gonna come at the star destroyer focus all your energy on your shields then put all of your shield energy in the front because you are going to be coming at a star destroyer once you're done balance it again and then get the fuck out um so it's it's actually cool how they are teaching how to play the game but if you wanted to get really really granular there are settings that allow you to increase the power in certain things by intervals of 10 instead of put all my power into this, put all my power into this or balance. And then it's just like, all right, cool. Go be an actual X-wing pilot, I guess. Sure. Or as close enough as you can get. Probably does it do. Cause like, I know they try really hard to replicate like all of the, the interfaces that are actually in the star Wars, um, in the star Wars, is, in the Star Wars. Uh, is uh does it even do the thing where it's like hey if you look down at your little screen and like the enemy ship is like aligned properly like they show in the movies like will you hit it if you shoot like is this like something as granular as that basically it's it's a little bit it's a little bit um more information better for a video game in 2020 sure um because it'll it'll give you a readout on their on their hp and their distance um but yeah, basically, it's like, hey, if this is in a certain position, you know that your shot's good, right? Do you find all that stuff easy to read? Because it always seemed like, oh, these these interfaces seemed like cool at a glance, but it's like mm-hmm. doesn't seem like that actual actually useful. I it there's a learning curve. There's definitely a learning curve. Um, I now find it easy to read. I would also say that the um the majority of the problems that I have with this game are around the like targeting aspect, because if they can be anywhere within the X, Y, and Z axis, yeah, then your default uh, target is target objectives. You have like a targeting wheel that then if you tap a, it cycles through. Mm. If you are being attacked, you can double tap A. I'm playing on an Xbox controller. You can double tap A and then it will target whoever is attacking you. That's cool. But it still doesn't help with the fact that I can't see the person behind me until I make a hard stop and then rotate. Sure. So there are certain aspects where it's like what's on the screen, what's through the glass, the windshield of the ship. They did a really good job of making that easy to read because it's like, is it in range? So are your is your targeting reticle red? Um, can you use your left bumper? Can you use your right bumper abilities? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. and then that's about it. Yeah, everything else is kind of like ancillary, and then is like a glance down if you want, but you don't need to right now. Right, but like it, you kind of sacrifice some of the situational awareness. 
most of it they tr- they try to replicate like uh hp they won't show on the through the windshield but you can tell that like oh the ship is damaged um because it'll start trailing smoke and then in terms of even distance distance is in the through the windshield view like if you have a targeted enemy it'll be um the target the left and right ability whether or not you can do it and it'll turn green if you can it's red if they're within your sights and then um and then they'll show the distance underneath so like they do a pretty good job of making everything at a glance easy to see and then they have the we want to make it a star wars thing sure yeah that sounds cool yeah i yeah. i was interested in it and then i heard some people like kind of be like yeah this is okay and it's kind of simplified and there's not a lot of meat here um agreed was it forty dollars it's forty dollars i i honestly think that this was a passion project that a bunch of people were just like we we really just want to make a good one of these well thank god or right or battlefront 3 is going to come out at some point and they wanted to get the space combat at least better Mm -hmm. um i could see this being the test bed for that regardless Mm. i think it's really i think i like the idea of put out smaller less expensive to the consumer games that are either test beds for a later idea or this is just a cool thing that we wanted to make because you can tell like with all the detail that goes into this they really wanted to make this game good right and also like you know i feel like the ea star wars brand has just been suffering for so long like i feel like they need a oh, win yeah. of some sort like so much as yeah. trade hands and like the amy henning project getting scrapped and all that stuff so i'm glad something's coming out of it that's more than battlefront not that i have anything yeah i'll take a seven out of ten yeah we never yeah. <laughs> we enough. never we never <laughs> really talked about fallen order Nelson, what and we won't today. Is do you have like any like one line? Oh, I like it. Okay. I like Fallen Order a lot. Okay. Um, I think it's. I think there should be more Jedi action games like this. I would have much preferred it not to be a prequel. As I continue to think that every story that does not take place after the Force Awakens, or excuse me, after the Rise of Skywalker, is a waste of time. Yeah. Well. I don't think. Not really, because Mandalorian's really good. Yeah, but Mandalorian but I'm takes... really fucking tired of prequels that have to exist within the confines of the movies. Yeah, well, I don't know. That's a that's a that's an argument to have with the Star Wars lore team. <laughs> um, Fallen Order is so goddamn cool, and the fact that it has the ending is the only part where you, where it's like, hey, the movie affected your storytelling, and it's 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 not great that's fair that's fair um but you can make your own you can make your own lightsaber dylan thank god dylan you can make your own lightsaber thank goodness you can make your own you can have your own what have been begging for like you know they even they even they even after the launch of batu galaxy's edge and disney world they came out with all of the pieces of the custom built lightsabers from disney world and they put them in this game, which is kind of cool. God, Dylan, why do you hate fun so much? <laughs> What's your favorite color, Dylan? I don't have one actually. God, I damn c- it. I cycle through a lot of them. 
Some some days some days it's orange, some days it's purple, some days it's green. Well, you can have a lightsaber for every day of the week. That's great. That's it's great. It's pretty great. That's great. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty great. I need to accessorize with my lightsabers. Yeah. yeah. All right. Absolutely. I'm gonna talk I'm gonna talk real quickly here about okay. Mar- Mario. Let's talk we're gonna talk about Mario. And now it's Nelson's turn to lean back and <laughs> phase out. <laughs> there he goes. Uh, guys, I keep playing <laughs> Super Mario 3D All Stars, and it continues to be good. Um, I yeah. got a I got a little uh uh board of sunshine, despite the fact that it's my favorite uh Mario. Wow! And I and I uh proceeded to go play some Mario Galaxy, and guys, I am proud to announce that I have gotten all 120 stars in Super Mario Galaxy. And Congratulations. Do you, know, do you know what you get when you get all 120 stars at the end oh, of Super you. Mario Galaxy? A cake. Yeah. <laughs> you get the ability to play as Luigi and get another 120 stars in Super Mario Galaxy. Oh, cool. You get to play as Rosalina's wow. father? That's awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. I uh, listen, so, listen, Nelson. That's just a theory, okay? A game theory. No, don't say those words on this <laughs> podcast <laughs> i think nelson missed my incredible joke it's the yeah, worst okay. part we, you don't have to worry about it um right. this is kind of a big deal for me guys because when i first played super mario galaxy originally on the wii uh i got all but one star oh, shit because one star was so difficult to get with those fucking motion controls that I never got it. So I never had the ability to play as Luigi. It was the Dreadnought Galaxy. There's a, a game where you have to blow up. You have to throw bomb bombs at pieces of trash. And you have 30 seconds to do it. And let me tell you what. When you have to spin your Wiimote around to throw the goddamn uh, bomb bomb at the piece of trash. And it has to hit yeah. perfectly in a certain spot. So it's area of effect explosion will take out just enough pieces of trash that you can do it. You never get it. And this yeah. and this is why I hate motion controls, um, for for experiences such as that. And let me tell you, Super Mario Galaxy is much better without motion controls. <laughs> so is it? Um, so no motion controls whatsoever. Is it just mapped the same way? Or excuse me, is it closer to Odyssey? Uh, yes, no. There are motion controls in it. Um, okay. they are optional. So, like oh, Mario's spin right. attack that he does in Galaxy, you just you can move your Joy-Con or you can just hit the X button. Any motion that uh, was mapped to moving the Wii Mote, you can also move a Joy-Con or you can just hit the X button. Um, so it's 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 not it's it's less motion controls as uh Odyssey, and it's not as like limited as the motion controls in Odyssey where like you can only run faster or climb faster if you shake the motion controls. It doesn't have any of that stuff. I see what you're saying. Um, But yeah, and then you unlock Luigi after you uh, get 120 stars and part of me was like, I'm not going to replay this game as Luigi. Like I really wanted to get Luigi who is the superior Mario brother. Um, Agreed. But I was like, I'm not going to replay this game. Guys, I'm already like 15 stars into playing as Luigi in super luigi galaxy um how much better is he uh, he's actually harder <laughs> to play as really oh. for, se- for several reasons one he runs faster um 
because traditionally Luigi runs faster than Mario. Um, two, he doesn't stop on a dime like Mario. When you let go of the stick after running, he skids after a little bit, which is really hard for precision platforming, especially when like a mistake will make you fall off the side and into a black hole, and then you hear his blood-curdling scream as he gets sucked into the inky black void. Um, as you do. Let me tell you, though, that running faster, really good when you're in a house full of ghosts. That's true. That's true. That's where he that's where he built up his leg muscles. I don't think there are any other differences uh, between the two. He doesn't do the is the jumping not to have like a better jump, more controllable Um, jump. I don't think his jumping is higher. I might be wrong. It's hard to tell the 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 perspective in in galaxy is really hard to tell like heights because they normally like put it like put the camera right above you. Um, Mm -hmm. He does have like a different triple jump like when mario triple jumps he somersaults when luigi triple jumps he scissor kicks and puts his fist Mm. up in the air (laughs) um so yeah no i mean like it it literally is a new game plus they don't call it that but it is a new game plus where it's like okay you can play the same game again with a little bit extra challenge where it's like you have to be aware of like luigi's little idiosyncrasies and i think right i don't know i might be crazy enough to play the game again um, I just, I personally just want them to m- release these games with Luigi as an optional character from the get-go. Yeah, I don't know why he's locked behind all of that work. I don't know why he's not playable in most of the other ones. Have yeah. I, have I uh, talked at all on this podcast about a Super Mario 64 DS? I don't know if yeah. you have. Okay. I know. <laughs> you did last time, right? That was the first, that was the first time you got 120 stars. Am I making that up? For Alex? Oh, maybe I am making that up. Maybe? I don't know. Well, um, shit. Let me tell you, in Super Mario 64 DS, you can have Luigi pretty early. Yeah. I want him I want him from the get-go. I, I don't know I'm tired of this younger brother hatred. Actually, yeah, I'm the, the youngest of thing. four, so I have very big little brother syndrome. <laughs> The funny thing is, t- taller in, uh, than your, the, your brother, the, yeah. the gecko in Super Mario 64 DS, uh, you are Yoshi, and you have to rescue Mario. The worst then, Mario character. And then Mario rescues Luigi, and then at some point you can get Wario. You're like, That's I guess we'll right. save Wario too. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that piece of shit. <laughs> Wario actually is probably, of the four plumbers, I think it goes Wario, Luigi, Waluigi, Mario. I can sure. agree with that. Mario's, the, the Mario's most got a got oh, a motorcycle. Okay, Alex, where would you put him then? Um, Luigi, Waluigi, Wario, Mario. Okay, as long as we yeah. agree, Mario's the worst. Yeah, yeah. Simply Absolutely. because okay he's those. just the most boring. He's no average. one plays so Mario boring. and Mario Kart. If right. you pick Mario, you're a cop. That's just like <laughs> how, how it works. Mario's a cop. No one yeah. picks him in Mario Party. Um. Yeah. No. I think. Uh, People th- people think those 3D All-Stars uh, ports are bad ports. I personally don't have a big problem with them. Um, sure. I don't know. They they seem... I'm enjoying them. Uh, I need to get back to Sunshine. I would like to like 120 star all three of them, but we'll see how that goes. It's it's going to take a lot for me to get back to Mario 64. Um, Did you get the uh, physical copy? or a- No, I got a digital copy. Mm. So that if I lose my Switch, I can just download it again i don't know why these people are so obsessed with getting physical copies because if you lose it you're fucked um in that in that vein let's talk about the nintendo vault a little bit more do you guys see this fire emblem 
yeah. NES re-release. They're bringing the original Fire Emblem to to the West for the first time. What the hell ever. is up with that? I don't know. I like that sprite art in that game. Sprite art looks looks pretty good. Gives me like Final Fantasy One vibes. Uh, yes, and that was NES game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's now we just not bad. Now we just need uh, was it Nintendo Wars? Game Boy Wars, the precursor to Advance Wars. Oh, right. Ooh. That's why I need to see. Come I on, Intelligent a, Systems. I think I have a translated ROM of that. That's cool. Fan translated ROM of that. So How it's dare out there. you? Um, <laughs> you I mean, you piece of shit. I mean, um, uh, I, def- I, I acquired it legally. You can be sure mm-hmm. of that. Uh, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm curious that that collector's edition seems pretty cheap all things considered at 50 bucks given that the game itself is only gonna be really six bucks. not bad i i think we should because it's been what several several months maybe a year uh what, what's going on with this animal crossing uh that's a great question yet. i haven't played it in a while um <laughs> i, I want to I get through some of the other mario stuff first because i think like oh. that's going to be very one oh, there's more me. mario there's more mario Gross. guys there's oh more God. mario Gross. to talk about Jesus uh, christ uh super mario brothers 35 you know okay a uh that game a, you really liked last year yeah, that you're really it, upset when we when exactly we that's the one off. that's the yeah. one and then uh, alex had to add insult to injury when he's when they announced mario brothers 35 and be like well, i might consider this for best games played and i'm like you <laughs> motherfucker uh super mario brothers 35 is mario royale but bad um imagine a battle royale mario that's like in the vein of uh tetris 99 where you and 34 other people are playing uh super mario brothers and you're trying to be the last person standing um, it works like this. You start in a random level in Super Mario Brothers. Uh, you have to run through several levels. And I think at some point it cycles back to the original level uh, that you started on. Um, all the while, you start with, I think, 99 seconds on the clock. Might be a little less. Um, every enemy you kill gives you a couple seconds back um, and also spawns enemies on other people's uh board uh, so you can you start with like goombas and koopas and then you move up to hammer brothers and bloopers and stuff like that eventually you get bowsers where you could just be in a level and it spawns like five bowsers in a row where the nes nice. super mario brothers one bowser is like notoriously difficult and annoying um because you can't bop it on the head and it takes like several fireballs to kill it um and then also, like, you have coins, and when you collect coins, you have, like, an always uh, existing, like, item box on your screen, and you can hit X if you have 20 coins or more, and it'll roll the item box and give you a random item um, that can sometimes fuck you, because if you already have a fire flower equipped, uh, equipped and you uh, roll a super mushroom, it'll devolve you back to regular Super Mario and make you lose your fire flower, flower abilities. Um, the reason this game is bad is that this game is focused on combat as opposed to uh, platforming skill. Like, the game is constantly throwing enemies at you. You're constantly throwing enemies at the uh, other players. And it's the same layout as Tetris 99. You can see all the other players as, like, little windows. You have, like, a little... Your R stick is dedicated to, like, who you want to attack. You can attack people that, like, have the most time or have the most coins or about to lose or people that are attacking you, similar to Tetris 99. And it... uh, yeah, it's just it doesn't it's it's 
Mario is focused on platforming and platforming skill and Mario Royale worked because it was a race to the end. I know you guys made a big argument about how that's not like a battle Royale motif, like racing is like (laughs) battle Royales are about combat. Despite the fact we have fucking Forza battle Royale now and yeah, uh, combat cars. It, when they swap it over, just like, okay, you have to kill enemies because killing enemies gives you more time and also spawns enemies on other players, uh, maps. It's, it, it changes the equation. It makes it less about like, it, it makes it not about what Mario brothers are supposed to be about. Mario brothers is supposed to be about how skillfully can you execute the platforming in any given level? Not how many Goomba heads can you jump on? Um, and they also like penalize you for like killing enemies with like fireballs because like if you stomp on a Goomba or Koopa's head, it's like an extra three seconds. If you shoot a Goomba with a fireball, it's an extra one second. So hmm. it, and I mean, in the game, and and Super Mario Brothers thirty five is about surviving, not about getting to an objective. Because like once you get to the end of the level and the end of the suite of levels that you're set upon, it just rotates you back to the beginning of the cycle. So like, there's no end, there's no you know winner circle like there was in Mario Royale. It's just kind of like keep going through these levels to be the last person standing. And like, it can even get to the point where you know you have like nine hundred ninety nine seconds, and the other and the other person left standing has 999 seconds and now it's just like a battle of attrition and i i uh i i don't think it's very good i don't think it's it's i mean i played it for a little bit and i was like okay this is kind of fun but like the fact that it's focused around spawning enemies and like you can just be moseying along as like regular mini mario and like platforming okay and then you have five bowsers that show up in front of you it's like okay why i have no way to like get through this unless I like wait for him to throw or wait for him to jump up in the air and then I go underneath him. But now I have to do that to the next subsequent Bowser. And I don't know. It's, I feel like I missed the mark on what a Mario Royale type game could be. Um, and yeah, I'm still salty that you guys kicked the shit out of me last year <laughs> about that. Hey, I mean, look, look, no, you look, that's all. That's all I got. <laughs> it's, um, I, I think I prefer all of the other players being on separate screens than on my screen, making it impossible to read. Oh my god. It, they they are but ghosts and they are like at fifty percent transparency, if that. Yeah. You can impossible. barely see them. They are not that distracting. I personally think that Mario uh Royale might have been the better version of this game. Yeah, thank you, Nelson. I don't uh, have any real stake in this. Alex, yeah, you- I don't either, but I but I do. <laughs> I do think that the um some of the I'm I'm gonna leave it to the nine 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 on a on a timer with multiple Bowsers is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna leave it to the guy who's who's played more of both of these than anyone else I know. So it's probably <laughs> true. Mario um, is probably better. That's I and, I th- and I think th- <laughs> great, awesome. Yes, <laughs> just, <laughs> just gonna go into the the website. HTML, so what's up with Metro Exodus? And, del- and delete Monster Hunter World Iceborne and put in this wow, Mario Royale wow. right up I wrote. Um, uh, also, Alex, you recommended to me as a as a replacement for Mario Royale, the Soviet jump game that I tried out a little yeah, while ago. which I still haven't tried any of myself. It's fine. It's, it's less so a race and more like combat arenas that are much larger. Right. Like they're smaller than a regular Mario Brothers 1 level, but bigger than like... I don't know, like Brawlhalla or something. 
Um, but you are just you're just jumping on people's heads and like kicking shells or throwing fireballs or hammers at them. Um, right. And then over time, the level shrinks as like a dead, uh, you know, a kill wave like collapses in and then you have like this much space to go. It's cool. It's got like a little bit of exploration and walking around. You like go through pipes. There are like a couple of levels or like it's not like everyone is on the same stage. There are like two or three stages that you like maneuver between. Um, It's building on some cool ideas I saw. Yeah, I think the art's great. I really like the art style uh it was like game grumps published game i think yeah their second one after dream daddy yeah it was cool to see them still doing stuff right um but the last mario brothers game is not a mario brothers game it's a smash brothers game uh because gentlemen we got a new we got a new competitor oh we sure do smash brothers uh steve minecraft is here steve minecraft is here to play I did not think this was going to be a contentious character. Why do people hate Minecraft Steve? Like the concept of him know. being in Smash Brothers. Because he's not Fortnite Sam. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, I think there's a there's a weird ageism at play there where it's like there's a, a distinct cutoff oh, between sure. like uh, older game players and younger game players. And, you know, I think I don't think it's it's wild for me to say that Smash might have a bit of a toxicity problem. Maybe not as bad as other game communities, what? but no, what? that's crazy. But how dare you? But I'm sure there, you know, this is the uh, this is the community that gave us things like No Johnning, which was named specifically after one human being. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, it's not surprising that there are indignant people being like, "Who cares about Minecraft? No one likes Minecraft, despite it being one of the most." You know, these are the same people that like. I think when that like Polygon story went up, it was like the fifty most successful most important games of the past generation or two or something and the top two games were Fortnite and minecraft and dark souls they dared to put dark souls as like number three or five or something people got <laughs> indignant about it. it's like motherfucker like dark souls ain't minecraft like yeah does does the creator of dark souls live in a candy mansion no like <laughs> we don't wait um, we don't know that so yeah i mean actually the creator of minecraft uh is currently working on a bunch of puzzle games so <laughs> the creator of minecraft uh, uh deleted his account on uh green perfect <laughs> after perfect <laughs> after talking to mark brown um yeah i don't know i don't know why there's that, that weird i haven't seen that a bunch of that per- like i did hear talk of it but i never saw like anyone being like uh, uh, steve uh, steve like where's there, i definitely saw like more Gino. than one twitter post that was just like what the fuck like who thought this was a good idea and i it did was like, i put it on the yeah. be- i put it on the betting board especially seeing him in motion oh it's i great. love it yeah i i love i love that they just kind of kept him exactly as he is in game <laughs> like so much animations and all yeah. yeah oh it's perfect he plays pretty um, well like he's slow he is slow as hell and his mm-hmm. jump he barely has a jump he has the smallest jump of like his double jump is as tall as some people's single jump in that game and it's like <laughs> and i also hate his b up because he like has a jetpack that like shoots him up and he has wings and yeah, it almost yeah and it almost works like a uh like super mario brother super mario world like p- parabolic glide with the cape which in in the in the game of minecraft is not far off from how it works if you try and go up 
I mean, you just stall and mm-hmm. you die. It's it's like <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, Alex. It's been a long yeah. time since I played Minecraft, and I'm not familiar oh. with this item. <laughs> I oh, have okay. never seen this. Uh, yeah, it's a super end game item. You only get it after you've beaten the Ender Dragon, which is the final boss. If you're not familiar, uh-huh. yep. um, if you do that, you open up the end as a explorable area akin to the Nether. Um, and in the end, there are like, like giant spires, right? Giant spires, pirate ships. Um, not not pirate ships, but like sailing vessels, but built out of like end materials. Um, and if you go on board those, there's like some enemies, and they often have chests that contain the super rare glider. Um, and if you have it, I mean, it's a wonderful little item. I mean, what he does in the smash brothers is if you're wearing the elytra and you're gliding and you have a fireworks in your hand you can light the fireworks with right click and it actually gives you a boost and that yeah. is how you can you can fly upwards in smash brothers you can see him lighting the fireworks as you press up b yeah um, um but otherwise hit- the elytra does not go up it doesn't it doesn't fly upwards it is a glider only his uh, uh his tool set it took me a minute to like wrap my head around it but i think it's really mm-hmm. cool so basically your neutral b digs unless you're next to your crafting uh block which then it crafts so basically you start with wood you know wet, like it's not like you have to craft like a separate sword from a separate pickaxe from a separate axe you have uh they all are the same thing yep so like you dig when you're not next to your crafting box you hold down b and he just starts digging through like dirt and stone and all this stuff it just randomly like pops up and then every once in a while you'll get like a steel ingot and then you run back to your crafting box and you craft steel tools and then now you have steel tools and they'll break after a certain amount of time and then if you go you dig faster and you get stronger attack damage and yeah yeah and then you can dig for gold and get gold items and you dig for diamond and get diamond items um so like his tool set's really built around like digging up a bunch of resources really quick and like going and crafting better and better items until you're decked out. And then when you have like gold or diamond items, you can get redstone. And what redstone does is your side bees summon a mine cart and then also mine uh, tracks. And you can travel as far as you want with the mine tracks, as many resources you have. And you have like a little resources like bar over mm-hmm. your, your stamina gauge. Um, and if you have redstone and you hit side B, he'll plant a uh, a torch down and it'll give the minecart a boost, so you can just ram <laughs> through people. And then if you jump out of the minecart, someone else can land in it, and then they'll have like a second where they're stunned, and they'll like careen off the side of the stage if you like time it well enough. Um, he can also hold. He can also craft a block. Uh, if That's you if hit, you're in the air with neutral B. If you're in the air of neutral B, which I wish the dead zone for neutral B was wider because I'm constantly trying to like craft a block and I'll accidentally like hit B up or B side or something. I think it's, I think it's a little too, they, I think they need to map that to something else because it's got to plant your feet. It's just like Valorant. Yeah, but you have to wait a second. Well, that's not even the problem with planting my feet. It's just like smash moves so fast that like waiting for mm-hmm. like your thumbstick to like reset to dead zone is like can be you know life or death in some scenarios so i don't mm-hmm. i don't see a lot of the utility with the crafting unless you have some like you know third-party joy cons with where the tensor strength will like reset the stick really quick or something like it 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 doesn't i don't know that's the one design flaw i see in that and it makes it difficult to like take advantage of like one of the like basic components of minecraft which is building blocks um <laughs> but everything else Someone- is cool 
someone pointed out uh, there's some cool details in how he interacts with stages. If you're on like a like a battlefield or a final destination stage, um, Sakurai pointed this out. Uh, it'll give you a very neutral set, no matter what stage of mm. of items resources. You, every everything has like a base chance. If you're on a stage that suggests you want like a fair fight, um, but if you're on say Yoshi's Woolly World, uh, you get wool blocks. Oh, that's funny. If you're on, I don't know, Corneria, like flying around on top of the Great Fox, fighting on top of the Great Fox, like everything you get is basically iron. Um, there's lots of little details in, in how and what you're mining exactly. And on the Minecraft stages specifically, um, there are blocks you can see on the ground that are iron ore. And if you like stand on top of those, you'll get more iron than you do stone. That's um, cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's that's what there, Smash is all about, baby. That is the Smash Bros way. It's all about dedication. Uh, yeah, I, I like uh, I like his down B is like placing TNT. Yeah, and then you can like set a trap there for like someone who say rolls up on stage. They they hit the switch and get blown up. Mm-hmm. Uh, his yeah. uh, his down A when in air he summons a uh, anvil that he stands on and then like comes yeah. down with it. It's very similar to like it's Kirby's. Crap. Someone already um, so there's like a solid shield break maneuver you can do now already. Um, and if you do that and like push them at the edge, someone has already perfected like this zero to death shield break <laughs> where you just like build a block off stage and then very quickly summon an anvil and throw out your grab and you grab them as you are falling <laughs> and basically just pull them straight into the blast zone. And if you're quick enough, you can survive it. And that's how you, <laughs> that's incredible. Just steal someone's life <laughs> stock. That's it. Also, for for Steve's victory screen, they, oh, they, right. they, they cut out his meat. They they patched out the meat after he eats the meat. They cut out Steve's meat. Nelson, did you see the meat? No. He eats his meat. He has like a steak that he eats like in Minecraft. And then when he stops eating it, he puts it down near his waist. And people thought it looked like a wang. And or, or at least someone did, and so they patched that out. He still eats the meat, but he puts it away afterwards. Yeah, they took put away your meat. They took out Steve's meat. Put away your goddamn meat. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a game for children. <laughs> All right. Excuse you. This game is a, a, a very well-constructed fighting game. It's for people of all ages. There is a very dedicated fighting scene. Adults and professionals play this game. It's a it's a video game for, for all ages is what I meant to say. It's great Smash Brothers. Sakurai said it no. himself. Smash Brothers is for good boys and girls. That's why there's no Maya <laughs> Shiranui in the background. Yeah, Bayonetta is somehow in the game. Okay. Well. I mean... Somehow they toned her down. <laughs> I have some OVAs, Nelson, you can watch, and uh, you'll okay. come out the tail end of those saying Maya is way worse than Bayonetta. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's where Smash is now. Um, we still need to do our betting pool now that there are only four characters left. Sometime in the I, future. Yeah. I, I, I'm, so I'm still adamant we should just stick with the one we have. Yeah, but I, I changed know. all the I changed all the odds around because I think the odds have changed okay. given like not only did they given announce that we've moved forward. Well, yeah, and like they announced Steve and then they also announced a uh, a Heihachi costume and a Travis touchdown costume. So now the odds of those characters happening is like much way lower. lower. Like they're like True. I I think um 
Like, it's interesting to read the tea leaves and be like, okay, wait, like they announced a Vault Boy Me Fighter costume, but no Dovahkiin. So Dovahkiin still seems like a safer bet than any sort of Fallout representation. Also, mm-hmm. like, where does where does any Bethesda representation, uh, where is that left after the Microsoft acquisition? Because Microsoft seems very uh, willing to uh, include their characters in Smash, what with Banjo and Steve. Um, Master Chief, anyone? No, I would. <laughs> I think. I think if if Master Chief if it could happen in Dead or Alive, it could happen in Smash. That wasn't Dylan. Master Chief. That was. I know. That was Sierra. Something. Some something. other name. Uh, Whiskey Hotel, Spartan, <laughs> Oscar Mike, uh, Sierra four five eight, uh, code name Nicole. Wait, I thought like a character from Reach. What is that? No, it's just made up. Spartan cat. Really? Yeah. Also, I thought her. I thought her Spartan armor was pink or red or something. It's showing it here, just like Master Chief. Uh, it's exactly like Master Chief. Hmm. Okay. Oh, this this is her in DOA four. I don't care. This is this is a dumb, a dumb (laughs) conversation. (laughs) All right. There's one thing I I I I mean we might be pressed for time, but we gotta we gotta talk about. We we gotta talk about this fucking guy, the, the, the Google Stadia dude, just for like. Oh, oh my okay. god! Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> okay, let me find the uh, shit here on the on our Discord chat. Where is the uh, the the progenitor tweet? All right, I, there's something I wanna I wanna start with here. All right, so there's this guy. Um, people are saying he is the creative director at Google Stadia. Clarify, he is not a creative director at Google Stadia. He works for the developer that made Journey to the Savage Planet that got acquired by Stadia. He's a creative director there. Um, he put out this tweet, which I mean, he still he still works for Google Stadia, but he's not like the creative director of all of Stadia. Um, yeah. Pretty sure Phil uh, Hutcherson, is that his name? Phil Harrison. Phil Harrison is the, uh, the guy that runs things over at Stadia. Um, put out this tweet uh streamers worried about getting their content pulled because they use music which is a whole thing right now because content creators are getting their uh, uh, vods pulled because they're using non-licensed music and there are dmca takedowns uh happening because of that um uh because they used music they didn't pay for should be more worried about about the fact that they're streaming games they didn't pay for as well it's all gone as soon as publishers decide to enforce it where is the other he said a follow-up tweet. Um, what if he deleted it? There's no way he deleted it. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I feel like it seems like this seems like the kind of dude that might have just. Here it is. All right, follow-up tweet. The real truth is the streamers should be paying the developers and publishers of the games they stream. They should be buying a license like any real business and paying for the content they use. So that's that's the that's the start of this. Uh, second part, uh, Alex Navarro over at Giant Bomb retweets him, uh, quote tweets him and says, "Speaking of things people don't want to pay for, how's Stadia going?" And then uh, Hutchinson tries to come back with better than Giant Bomb, for what I can tell. Uh, there's just there's an idiom about glass houses and stones, um, mm-hmm. but there sure is. <laughs> There's a couple of things here. All right. First off, we can dunk on the guy a little bit. I think okay. this really, I both don't agree and do agree with the guy. I like the whole like licensing games from, 
licensing games from developers like I, that's a real messy area i don't think we need to really browbeat this guy so much he he definitely what's that tweet every day twitter has a main character your goal is to not be it <laughs> what's what so what do you guys think of this whole thing alex <laughs> oh god um I mean, I think the internet jury is already out. It's, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I watched enough streamers, uh, by which I mean one, in the span of that day, like already kind of jump on it and be like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like there's there's sort of, I don't know, already probably, I, I, I don't know how I feel about this. Honestly, it's probably not a great thing considering how negatively it can sway, but uh, already definitely like an army of of people who are fans of streamers who have heard this news who have like have immediately vilified this man and will probably use it to vilify stadia um which i don't think is an evil thing just a poorly executed concept <laughs> um which google will at some point probably abandon uh yeah. and because absolutely they, they- they always put one foot into the pool of any project and then they hey, it's not doing well enough. It's, it couldn't be because we're not putting enough resources or thought behind it and then axe right. it. <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, developers are talking about this, you know, the symbiotic relationship that developers have with streamers. Um, you go to a streamer to see the streamer first and probably the game second. And maybe it's sometimes the other way around because like, oh, this guy's really good at PUBG or this guy's really good at Overwatch or whatever, whatever. Um, but there is like, it is a chicken and the egg scenario, right? Like you can't really have the streamers without the content. You can't have the content. Well, you can have the content without the streamers that the content can exist without the streamers. But, you know, fall guys would not be as successful as it is if it didn't have that initial attack of all of those streamers among us wouldn't have hit where it is now without streamers and they're both and those are both two sides of the same coin right like fall guys was a knowing like intended marketing campaign where they paid all these streamers to play fall guys among us was organic one streamer picked it up and then a bunch of other people picked it up and that game was out for two years beforehand and it had Mm -hmm. this huge success way after the fact um so i don't think there's also a huge conversation about like copyright law like uh hearing from lawyers in games and people have spoken to their lawyers in games about how like you know people not dmcaing their games on let's plays and twitch streams and stuff like that are actually weakening their copyright ownership of those properties um but it's this it's this it's this it's this standoff thing where no one's going to really pull the trigger because if like right. developers all collectively say like you have to pay us now to license this stuff it completely kills that market especially given like all the content creators that do this stuff for free and do it in their spare time and all that stuff. If the content creators, I I don't know what the content creators would do on their side to make it worse for the devs more so than they already do when streamers and content creators perpetuate false ideas about game development and whatnot. Um, so I, I don't know what it is. I mean, the only examples we have in this are like, the DMCA takedown with PewDiePie and Firewatch when PewDiePie mm-hmm. went all heating gamer moment. Um, and, and, you know, 
Sean Vanneman and crew over at Campo Santo were like, we're going to DMCA your uh, Let's Play of Firewatch. And then that caused a whole fury from PewDiePie's uh, fan base. And they went and review bombed Firewatch on Steam. Like, that's the only real example we have of this stuff. But it's such a outlier because the only reason Campo Santo did that is because PewDiePie is a racist asshole. And there's no reason for anyone else to to do something like that because it's like like i'm not going to charge a streamer to play my game because that's a that's free advertising and b like what are they going to afford like you're going to shrink that content creator market so narrowly uh Mm -hmm. and yeah i i I don't i'm also thinking on that uh thread you linked from and i'm blanking on his name but the guy who made where the water tastes like wine yanaman nordhagen yes thank you um that's probably why I couldn't remember that name. Um, <laughs> I have asked him multiple times how he pronounces his name, so don't feel bad. Okay. <laughs> uh, but that that was a really good thread on like the, the creative process and why it can feel frustrating to work at a streamer's behest. Um, yeah. and, and, how, and, and one example where this might be good to have some control over your work and how it gets performed in front of an audience um and and we saw this with atlas a little bit with persona 5 where they straight up said like we have an embargo we have just like a stated embargo where like no story spoilers for persona 5 if if you play if you on your let's play or live stream play past a certain point in the story we're going to dmca you um Mm -hmm. and that and that like backfired on them terribly even though i can as a developer i can respect that perspective like i think i think there's something to be said uh about that and i think they also like they didn't want to spoil the game like for like x number of days or something like it was embargo for like a limited period of time because they want people to get it in their own hands and play it and whatever whatever um it's not unlike how uh plays work like the legal ramification for for theatrical plays or i i mean you you well, not just. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking not, about it. Sorry, it's not I'm not just... looking at you. I, like, I'm not, <laughs> like you're saying something wrong, Alex. I'm like, I'm literally, I'm, I'm actually like interested in, like, I. I'm, but also, more, as I me. think about it, it's not just plays. But I mean, I'm thinking about how. I mean, you have to like Probably pay like for recordings? each performance. You have to like pay sure. for the scripts. Uh, you and it's like very controlled, um, to some degree, depending on how recent the play is. Like, like how you are allowed to perform it in some cases. Um, and, and I'm just sort of thinking since streaming is, a, a, an audience interaction, it's, it's an entertainment form that that's like less right where you're, you're using someone else's content to create the performance. I don't know. I'm seeing it work that way. Like, like maybe that that's might actually be where we're headed. Um, yeah i mean there's also discussion about like fair use right and i've like heard like different things about like fair use doesn't really exist as like a a, a legal defense um but that's mostly like within the realm of like uh like music licensing like oh you only if you use only 30 seconds for a song you're fine it's like that's not really a thing i can't remember exactly what the streamer i watched uh said about this but he he clarified that he's like i'm pretty sure streaming falls under um like the the morphing of content right and ad- an adapted work 
Exactly. It's it's 100% covered under that, or at least it's supposed right. to. Um, but even if you step outside of like the intellectual property legal aspects of it, like it's literally it's I just don't feel like it's going to be something anyone wants to enforce. Oh, absolutely like, not. Like it's like <laughs> like again, like I don't know maybe if you're a triple a studio like you said we've seen atlas do it but, but, I, but I, I but even then maybe. i don't think they that's can hard doing it slight yeah. maybe but, but like, even if it's a triple a <laughs> studio and they want to like license it like they want to they want to make content creators pay a license for it like th- then you're only talking to like a handful of content creators right like yeah like only certain only a certain amount of people could be able to afford that ticket price and it's just not like this is much more in the vein of like uh, I mean, it's marketing. I mean, it's literally marketing. Like, look at all the pe- look at all the press people and, and content creators or whatever that just got their PS5s in the mail. Like, mm-hmm. look at Jeff Keighley fucking looking at his PS5 in the middle of the goddamn street for the some Burger goddamn King King reason. Right. Who got his PS5. Yes, exactly. Out of the... Yeah, it was in the Whopper bag. Um, <laughs> I don't... I really wish that was a Sneak King 2 announcement and really pissed off it wasn't. <laughs> uh, but I don't... Uh. Like this is this is marketing. Like this is this is people are 100%. people are giving their products away for free to people, so those people will talk about it and show it, and so that other people will go and buy it. And I mean, devs do this all the time. Devs do this. Will do it with their dev colleagues. Like like I'll get keys from people so that I play the game and I talk about the game on a recording or to someone else. Be like, hey, go check out X, Y, or Z game. Like I I. I'm not going to turn around and be like, I pay them to talk about it. Like, uh, it's, I mean, it's also really screwy cause like I'm part content creator and part developer. So like, it's hard to know where, where I am on this, but like, it's, it's also hard to like consider that, uh, content creators and streamers are also have to have that level of journalistic integrity or whatever. Cause like they're not held to the same standards, but like, Hey, you're getting, you're getting all this this stuff for free, so you have to you have to you have to clarify that hashtag ad um, on when when you discuss the product. It's yeah, I really think I really think the licensing stuff. I don't know it. It's not. It, it wouldn't work in this circumstance. Like again, like games aren't built like film, and games aren't work like you know music. Like you can't license for this kind of stuff because they're not. You're not building. You're not building the work in the same way like licensing for music makes sense because you're using that to construct like you're not adapting the music right uh like if you make like a let's play and like your intro music is whatever um Mm. your podcast starts with let's say an abba song and then like maybe several dozen episodes in you have to change it away from that abba song because hey you can't use an abba song my brother my brother and me um (laughs) so i uh yeah, I don't know. I think it's I th- like part of me agrees with him, part of me doesn't agree with him. I think it's uh, I think the giant bomb snipe didn't make any goddamn sense because I don't think you want anyone comparing those giant bomb premium subscription numbers to the Stadia Pro subscription numbers because <laughs> that's not going to reveal anything good. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're going to be as glowing as you think they are. Um, oh, duh. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Stadia. Are any of us interested in Stadia still? No. No. Yeah. I bought a Pixel Five. So did I. Came I. With the month of Stadia Pro. Stadia. <laughs> it came with the month of Stadia Pro. I claimed it and immediately canceled my resubscription. Why would I use this platform? I think one of the best tweets I saw about all this. It's like, hey, at least Giant Bomb runs on my Chromecast. 
There yes. you go. Yes. <laughs> there you go. That was good. They don't even have a studio working on the new Chromecast. What are you doing, Google? You're too big. Stadia's dead, man. I, they they got they got some serious managerial issues. I'll be the first to admit that. I mean, I love me some Google products, but uh, I I can't believe they replaced Google Play Music with YouTube Music, and YouTube Music is still like an unfinished product. Like, they also, like they've but, already shut down Google Play Music, and like everyone's got to move to this one now. But it's like moving out of your fully furnished apartment into one that's like doesn't even have a <laughs> toilet installed yet. Right, it's still being built. <laughs> yeah, they did the same thing with Google Podcasts. Like uh, Google Podcasts used to be under Google Play, and then I got mm-hmm. like an email like, "Hey, we're switching over to Google Podcasts, so make sure you redirect everyone to Google Podcasts." And I mean, I of all the podcast services, I hate Google the most because they don't directly use the rss to get the 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 podcast files they cache them right so like if i update a file on my end it doesn't get reflected uh oh and i went to the google podcasts app and it says this podcast is not available or not yet published great oh boy (laughs) i've been listening to it on it just fine yeah uh, i yeah i mean it's here i just the link i used wasn't correct i i would probably switch to spotify if not for the fact that like I pay for Google YouTube premium and that's what gets me uh YouTube music. Also, I'm going to say Spotify. Well, it seems like they stream their podcast content too. And there's a lot of artifacting that gets introduced in Spotify streaming specifically oh, no. on the podcast. I mean, again, I'm a broken human being that has, <laughs> you know, the ears of a hawk now from editing podcasts. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, I can't imagine being an audiophile what a nightmare yeah it's telling me but uh yeah i I still stick with apple Podcasts. i mean it's not perfect but it's it's the best so far and because integrated so well in ios yeah um all right alex's wife just walked by and that's our cue (laughs) that we need to wrap up (laughs) also mickey was asking to play among us and alex i'm gonna say you should play more among us so you like the game now um, uh maybe i'll give it a shot uh i think that's a good place to wrap up what do you guys say yeah works hell for me. yeah okay Any, anyone want to shout anything out real quick that we might have missed just someday we'll safe? talk about animal crossing someday one of the one of the big game hits of the year <laughs> i need to i need to check out the the halloween event i haven't i haven't opened that game up in a while yeah yeah um i know we were talking about um soma addressing what it's like to to be a human and and transhumanism and and what it's like to like have a consciousness but not not a body that matches your consciousness Mm -hmm. and 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 you guys ever played near automata (laughs) (laughs) what is that never heard of that no no (laughs) i I've I've played some near of near near a you tomato motherfuckers right, a <laughs> little near bit. all tomatoes. Um, I w- I will just say near automata handles a lot of that in a much better way than I could have ever expected it to. Yeah, I hear nothing but praise for that game, and for some reason it pushes me away further and further. <laughs> every day, Dylan gets further from God. Every every time I try and play it, I can't I can't tell you why this happens to me with like a number of games. But like, uh, uh, but you I'll, turn it off as soon as your wife walks into the room. <laughs> well, no. How do you explain? She'd probably love it because I turn uh, mine up. <laughs> um, but just like playing it for an hour or two and it being like, 
yeah, this game's pretty good. And then I like put it down and never pick it up again. <laughs> like, I don't know why I do that, but it happens. Okay. Uh, you sample too many it's, games. It's one of those, it's one of those, like, I will never stop recommending it. I also completely understand if you never play it. Yeah. One day. It, it seems cool. I, um, oh, oh, there was also like the bullet hell moments that I'm just like, I don't like bullet hells. <laughs> and I didn't want to. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, but that's that's it. So yeah, shout out to Near Automata is what I was trying to say. All right, play that play that after Soma for the maximum transhuman, yeah, existential dread feeling. I thought that was your like long winded segue into Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Okay, <laughs> no, nope. okay, which I have played because I have an early access preview. Wait, really? Or is that a joke? Oh, that was a joke. I was like, wow, look at up. this man. This rude. Look at this man. I am the audacity there is some Just stuff about cool. cd project red that is on the the docket to maybe discuss in the future but we'll get to we that should, oh yeah i think oh, we should i think that's important that to bring up when we talk about cyberpunk yeah um alex yeah thank you again for being here all time anytime where can people find you people can find me on twitter at G-H-O-D-A-N with an underscore. That's Godan with an underscore. Anywhere else that you see Godan, that's probably me. Except on Twitch, where I am Braindeer underscore games. And uh, who knows? Maybe that will become more active in the future? I think that'd be a fun thing to do. Like, at least test the waters. I mean, if we've learned anything from Nelson's Twitch career, it's that never overpromise and underdeliver. Always underpromise mm-hmm. and overdeliver. But like, oh hell yeah! I mean, if we're gonna watch each other play a game and then shoot the shit, uh, and then maybe analyze some game dev stuff while we do it, I as well do it live. You'll do it live. Um, <laughs> also, I mean, who knows? I could. I I know some people that work on some games we've played, so it might be worth it to. Maybe ask them. I think that'd be a cool thing. Kind of walk people through games and and talk to the dev and ask pointed questions. Oh yeah. I don't know. Again, not going to overpromise. Just an idea. I, I, I yeah. I'm I'm so on board with this. And if there's no editing involved, I am all for it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it all live. Yeah, Nelson. Hi. Where can find you. You can find me at Whitico. That's W H I T T I C O on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Period. You can also go to whitti.co and that'll give you links out to everything, including the Video Game Book Club, which is also at videogamebook.club, where you can hear us talk about Final Fantasy VII, the original game, a bit of the remake, which is garbage, and then also we'll be talking about GTA V soon. Yeah, I see you've been playing a lot of GTA V. Yeah, you want to? You want to? You want a little preview? Yeah, give me for... a taste. I really don't like GTA V. It's not <laughs> great. I really don't like GTA V. Oh, I don't think I like open world games. I don't think I like open world modern video games. I don't think. I don't know. I don't know. I think. I think Mike had like the best. That's my co-host, Michael Macassiano. You can find him on Twitter, Mike Hart. You. Um, <laughs> he had like the best way to describe it, which is open world games do not respect your time. Especially not Rockstar ones. It Especially sounds like Rockstar I ones. should play more Red Dead Redemption 2 and then we, we come back and we talk about how bad those are. <laughs> Ye- Please do so that I don't have to play Red Dead 2. Which <laughs> is a shame because I really like what they're doing with some of the story stuff in Red Dead 2. Um, mm-hmm. And I think 
yeah, it's so much just over dedication to polish and verisimilitude and realism in those games. And I just wish they turned like, I have no idea. Like so many people are jumping ship at rockstar now. And also they just bought mm. the crackdown Two studio rockstar Dundee. It's now it's, it's gross. The, that's not a, that's not a crackdown. <laughs> this is, this a, crack is a crackdown. Um, and it's just Terry Crews again. Yeah. Woo. Um, <laughs> the, uh, um, yeah, I uh, I want to uh, one day I'll go back to Red Dead too, um, and I'm curious about the Benz's GTA killer game that right. they're working on. Uh, uh, you can find me at Dylan Vento um, on Twitter, and if you like this podcast, and want to listen to any of our other podcasts, you'll find them at wardhypergames.com forward slash podcasts, um, or on Twitter at Ward Video Games. Um, and yeah. That's, that's the episode. I'm also at the very tail end of this. Going to say, uh, guys, we're we're approaching uh, the beginning of November, and I'm just going to make this plea. Please vote. Please, please vote. Please, for the love of God, vote. Please, please vote. vote for Joe Biden. Please vote for Joe Biden. Um, I'm not going to stand here and say Joe Biden is a perfect candidate. Please vote for Joe Biden. <laughs> but um, I'm going to be honest. Either vote for Joe Biden or vote for uh, runaway climate change, terrible economic duress, or a bunch of terrible things that I'm pretty sure a second Trump presidency would bring. And um, please go vote. Yeah. Please go vote. Please go vote. Please go vote. Please go vote. Please vote. All right. Goodbye. (laughs) 